0: it to each other ah! yeah. party on dudes welcome to the movie Boners podcast
1: movie Boners
0: <laughs> I'm don't need to say my name because nope. we don't do it we don't do <laughs> but, intros anymore but
1: you were about
0: to and that's funny to me
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah today's episode should be fun. Yeah, so we're recording it on Halloween, so it comes out before the election.
1: Right. So we're going seasonal. We're going politics. Yeah,
0: I think Christy had the idea last time. She brought it up in the episode. She was like, "Hey, you should do a political one." I'm like, "I "I think think we can." I think we can squeeze that in, and so we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's appropriate that it's on. We're recording it on Halloween. Comes out tomorrow, but on November first. On November first. Election's not till the third or fourth or something. The third, yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Um,
1: <laughs> but the only thing scarier
0: than Halloween is the election? Is politics. <laughs> so it, it's kind of building up as That's we right. go. That's right.
1: We're going true
0: horror. Mm-hmm. We're going with politics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Politics and other people's opinions are also yeah. scary. <laughs> we should know. Yeah. We're not taking sides. Yeah, before you get scared off. Right. right. We want this to be like a fun release from politics.
1: Although some of my picks are not fun. Yes. They were, they're intense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we did want to talk about political movies because political movies of all kinds, yeah. thrillers, comedies, they're all interesting and good. And
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there's some really great gems out there that... Do a really good job of giving an honest portrayal mm-hmm. of not just politics, but like American politics, because yeah. it's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good point. Most of the movies, <laughs> actually, maybe all of the movies I have are leaning towards American politics, which is the American election right to, um, this week. I so. do have one that is not American. Actually, I have. One and a half that are not American. Ooh, yeah,
1: I'm trying to figure out your half, but I guess we'll get there.
0: <laughs> it's uh, mostly American, but there are elements of the other stuff.
1: Yeah, so we we felt it would be appropriate,
0: mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you have followed Jake especially on social media,
0: yeah, I'm gonna keep it to one beer so you don't hear any long <laughs> libertarian <laughs> anarchist rants.
1: I I have to be careful on my rants as well. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I want it to be fun and lighthearted and just say the things everybody's thinking. Uh, Yeah. And and we don't want it to be another freaking app that you've installed that tells you to register to vote every single day for the rest of your life.
1: (laughs) Even after you've put in your ballot, Uh you are still getting texts or calls saying you haven't put in your ballot yeah yet. i was
0: getting texts about things <laughs> from i've never signed up for anything i don't know why i was getting texts it's just and because like, you're hey, registered this is judy with this and this and this and this and i was like judy lose my number dude i have gotten so many phone calls
1: and i'm one of those very cliched people especially of our generation yeah where we get a phone call <laughs> We ignore it on principle. Yeah. (laughs) But when we get a phone call. If it's important,
0: you can text me.
1: Text me, yeah. You can leave a voicemail, which is how I'm like, well, if it's important, they'll leave me a message. And then they never do. And I go, oh, you don't matter.
0: Yeah, we grew (laughs) up in the generation that every house had an answering machine. So you were screening calls from the get-go. Screen calls like
1: crazy.
0: And it's transferred to my adult life where I don't like talking on the phone at all.
1: No, it's... The phone gets warm you're like you get that weird since all of our phones are rectangles you get that like face rectangular yeah sweat you're yeah like, this is fucking gross <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's not great
1: and if you put them on speakerphone you get that weird like reverb of electronics
0: it's stupid yeah you can never hear anything i also have weird anxiety about talking on the phone i don't know why that are you is. a pacer i, I i'm not a pacer i'm a build up to making the phone call person where I need to, like, build up the nerve (laughs) even to, like, order pizza on the phone. Before there were apps and stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I have to call these people and I have to know what to say and I have to not mess it up and I have to... And I'm not terribly anxious about other things, but, like, going out in public and, I don't know, calling people on the phone is one of those things.
1: It's weird, which it shouldn't be weird for us because we were still part of the generation that like
0: had landlines you had to
1: call the landline yeah. Not everyone had caller IDs, so you just kind of had to be prepared to be like mm-hmm. is is jake there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna talk to someone who's not your friend and you have to ask them for your friend
1: you always hated getting the like parent yeah like, man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>
0: dustin again
1: <laughs> this kid is ridiculous <laughs> yeah
0: so the beers we opened at the beginning, which I love that you found, I, it was actually harder than I thought to find theme beers. I, I didn't even think there would be any, I was like, oh, there has to be so many beers with names that are like political related or like even something just like El Presidente, something like that. There has to be something out there and well, I, I, I couldn't d- find hardly anything.
1: I thought you were going to have arrogant bastard Ale
0: because <laughs> I figured that would be
1: uh fitting but that would have been a good uh, a good cop out
0: <laughs> there but, was one called that I almost went with before I found this one there was one called like Liberty ale which was very generic I was like that's close enough but then I found this one there's this brewery in California um ironically called 21st amendment brewing and the so the brew or yeah 21st amendment brewery. And for those that don't know, the 21st Amendment was the amendment to the Constitution to repeal... You, prohibition. Or, <laughs> prohibition. You reminded me in the kitchen. <laughs> I forgot what it was called a second <laughs> time. Prohibition. And so for a brewery, allowing you to drink things freely like a normal person, it's appropriate. So I and have it's the it's... blood orange IPA, which is quite good. And has a little picture of Mount Rushmore on it with guys having blood oranges tossed at them.
1: And, and I'm going with a hazy ipa by the name of a terrible idea which is works on a couple levels say. works on a couple levels and <laughs> uh it's a tasty beer but i felt seeing the choices in the fridge this was like yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> it called to you yeah yeah they're quite good i like them a lot
1: yes well all right politics
0: politics the
1: scariest fucking thing in our country <laughs>
0: In the world in general.
1: World in general, but there is in something... In human
0: civilization.
1: Yeah, there's just... There's something... Unique about... American politics.
0: Yeah. It's very... In a couple ways. It's unique in good ways and unique in bad ways. And you, it's just a lot of... Like, the basis of it... Awesome. Yeah, the basis is unique in a good way where... How it's been... yeah. Everybody should be free to live, to live their lives. <laughs> yeah, but that's not how it's often practiced anymore. Right. It's gone away. It's like
1: away. a giant game. Yeah. And we'll get into it now.
0: <laughs> so, Jake, uh,
1: I think I started the last time. Okay. I think. Even
0: though that episode comes out after this one, but...
1: Well, no. our
0: We haven't released the, the Halloween one. Oh, oh the Halloween, Halloween, Halloween one doesn't kinda, count. Yeah. Yeah. That was a free free form. But if you want me to go first, I'll go first. You go first, because okay.
1: I'm really curious, especially to get to this half American
0: well, politics. Well, let's do it right now. Yay. My half is my number 10. Oh. And I said it was a half American political movie because it's also half another country. Our neighbors to the north, Canadian Bacon, is my oh movie. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're drinking beer.
0: Yeah. Canadian Bacon... Is the first and best thing that Michael Moore's ever done. And as you know, Michael Moore has let's, done a lot let's of political reiterate things. That. It's his I think it's his only the only good
1: thing Michael Moore's done. <laughs> I was being gentle. <laughs> I won't. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, he kinda sucks.
0: He sucks, but this movie is funny. I think it's his only non documentary. Yeah, I think and you're so oh, that he sucks. might have
1: another one. But anyways, yes.
0: Yeah. Canadian Bacon is really funny because it's a primarily about American politics but it does poke some jabs at Canada as well which is fitting because I think Michael Moore is Canadian and John Candy who's in it is definitely Canadian (laughs) John Candy is this sheriff around the Niagara Falls area and the whole premise of the movie is that um, the American economy is in the crapper and um, the opinion of the president is very low and so they they decide they're like what we really need is a war we need another conflict we need something to take people's minds off of things we need to boost the economy by getting the war machine going we need a war and so they're like looking around at like all of their usual threats and they're like well we can't this guy's dead this guy's dead this leader's dead this dictator's dead we could do aliens but we can't really do aliens um they invite the Russians over to the White House, and they're like, "Hey, what do you want to like start up another Cold War? Not a real war, like nothing serious, just a little tension, just a little a nice Cold War." And the Russians are like, "No, we're good. We're trying to like improve our country. We want to get like indoor plumbing and cell phones and all VHS and all this stuff." <laughs> and so they because it was like, made in ninety yeah. five. <laughs> they're trying so hard to like get this going, and then they realize that. They have the perfect scapegoats right across the border in Canada. (laughs) And so they start this like media propaganda war with just telling people that Canada is like doing all these nefarious things and they've amassed their whole population along the border, which is hilarious (laughs) because that's just where people live. And and then all of the American people start buying it. And John Candy um, is one of those people. And Rita Perlman, are are like part of the sheriff's office and uh, up around Niagara Falls yeah. and there it's really funny watching John Candy. who's like very anti-Canada like he's he's like uh because he's actually Canadian but he's like his character is very anti-Canada and they're a lot of the jokes are a little like very on the nose but also very funny. Um, It's just a really 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 funny movie and there's a lot of like little little cameos so Alan does the president yeah. and then um rip Torn and kevin pollock are like his advisors and then jim belushi has a scene and dan Aykroyd has a scene and there's a it's just a, a it's a really good satire because it's really funny but then there are also a lot of points where you're like that's a little too real or, that's a little, a little <laughs> too close to home and i think that's definitely always a good sign of a good satire yeah
1: well dude we are both kicking our politics list off with satire nice uh but mine's not doesn't have anything to do with canada okay. or cold war uh-huh. minus straight voting okay and high
0: school <laughs> nice
1: so my number 10 is election yeah with reese witherspoon and matthew broderick yeah this is such a great satire on american politics mm-hmm. which you're going to hear me say that a handful of times <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> yeah
0: it is what it is
1: but what, what makes this movie so, like, first off, it's hilarious because mm-hmm. it's so out there. <laughs> it's just every character makes a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. and It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's where the joke is, because the whole idea is showing how easy it is for people who get involved in politics to give up morals and yeah. ethics, which is something Matthew Broderick's character talks about. Mm hmm for half of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's he's this teacher he's like teacher of the year for two yeah.
0: years it's like a history teacher uh,
1: yeah history teacher who also runs the the student government program at this high school mm-hmm. and reese witherspoon plays the overeager, mm-hmm. really irritating yeah Obsessed with being, like, head of every club there is.
0: Overachiever, yeah.
1: Yeah. We all know that type. No (laughs) offense
0: if you were. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably very successful now.
1: Right. Uh, So she's running for class president, unopposed. Yeah. And Matthew Broderick decides to, his character throws the the kink in the chain. Mm -hmm. Or as he puts it in the movie, instead of always picking from an apple you decide one day to go for an orange <laughs> yeah. and so he he convinces another student who is an injured jock who yeah. is chris klein in a <laughs> very early role this was before american pie okay um i think it
0: was yeah that sounds right one of them was young. his
1: very first yeah he's very young so he gets convinced to run for president class president mm-hmm. and he's like although he's a jog he's super kind he's the most thoughtful dude (laughs) he's just naive to the whole thing yeah
0: (laughs) he's just trying to figure out what to do because he can't do sports anymore
1: yeah and then his sister decides to run for class president as well even though she's a freshman (laughs) and she's complete anarchist and pissed off that her the girl that she likes left her mm-hmm. for her brother.
0: Yes. Yeah, so she's like running out of spite. And then her speech is the best. Her speech her, is amazing. Her speech is like, I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> just vote for me. Nobody cares about this. <laughs> or don't vote for me. I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Election is just, it's so funny. Um, if you're easily offended or like whatever, it it has a few parts in it that will definitely take you off guard. But, it's just, it's such a great satire on the whole political system. Mm-hmm. And like I say, how easy it is for people to just give up on acting ethically and mm-hmm. being more. So it's, I love this movie. It's so fucking funny.
0: I had it on my honorable mention <laughs> list. <clears throat> I watched it this week again because I didn't remember it that much. I just remembered kind of the high school politics part of yeah. it. So I rewatched it and I didn't remember it being as awkward as it is because the, so reese witherspoon is a high school student who has sex with one of her teachers
1: <laughs> and that introduction is probably the most awkward transition from a
0: scene yeah ever i was like what am i watching am i allowed to watch this because <laughs> yeah and then the, te- the teacher just uses language to describe her and his relationship and you're yeah. like oh my it just goodness.
1: it makes you feel gross
0: <laughs> and so the teacher she's having the affair with is friends with matthew broderick it, yeah and his wife is friends with his wife and then so that teacher ends up kind of getting like in trouble for it duh and, as you should
1: <laughs> we're in love
0: but then matthew broderick ends up like having an affair with his friend's wife and and then, yeah, just, and then the, the sister that's running is a lesbian who wants to, who her girlfriend, or who she wanted to be her girlfriend, left for yeah, her brother. Yeah, they're, like, experimenting there's with There's a lot them. of she, very weird sexual relationships that I didn't remember, and I was like, this is awkward.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> like, Broderick's character decides to uh, convince another student to run for president while watching porn.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's just
1: it has some very awkward scenes but it is hilarious
0: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely definitely interesting and good one Uh, it's one of the ones that we brought up when we were like thinking of the idea we were like oh yeah yeah what what was that movie election yeah (laughs) so i was wondering if you would i actually didn't it's in my honorable mentions but i'll skip over it later uh so my number nine i texted you in the middle of the week and i was like so are yeah. spy movies <laughs> political movies
1: and my response was like like jason Bourne and shit which threw me <laughs> off because
0: i did not expect i don't know why i don't really think of jason Bourne, the jason Bourne movies as spy movies they obviously are the, C, the cia and, well, Larry I mean, he, and he was like Fred maybe Stone. not
1: necessarily a spy but he's like an assassin yeah. for the government
0: yeah he's kind of like uh I guess I think of it more of like a but super, I say a super Bond, soldier.
1: Because I was like, well, we just did Bond. He knows Bond's not political.
0: <laughs> MI6 is a political agency.
1: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. And then, yeah. And then we did talk about we're trying to avoid war movies. And spy movies can be very much war movies. Yeah, And so, but I my number nine, the reason I bring it up, is because okay. it is very much a spy espionage type movie. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorites, and it's one that I don't hear talked about a lot. And a lot of people should check it out. My number nine is Spartan. Okay, Spartan with Val Kilmer. I was
1: going to say, is that the one with Val Kilmer? Yeah.
0: So okay. Val Kilmer is this CIA agent. They don't really give him a title or a, um, but he's like a super experienced, long the tooth, spy guy who goes to like Langley and trains people, and he's still active. They like. Call him in to help with stuff, but he's like just super versed in the trade craft and the he's just super experienced. And I've heard uh, people like teachers and scholars and historical people talk about Spartan as being very accurate to the actual like world of espionage and oh, okay. how how people in that job behave and what they do and why yeah. they do it and that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting from that perspective. Um, and so the the premise of the story is that um there is a girl who's at college and she gets taken, she gets abducted, um and she's going to be trafficked to the Middle East as like yeah. a like a sex trafficking thing, and um, Val Kilmer gets called in because the girl that's kidnapped, she's played by Kristen Bell, but she actually is the daughter of the president of the United States, and so. And the apparently the kidnappers don't know they have the president of the daughter of the United States or the daughter of the president. <laughs> daughter, yeah, and uh, and so they're trying to get her back before they realize that, and she ends up getting killed or lost forever, that kind of thing. And so it's a really interesting kind of chase as they try to investigate this process. And he does a Valkyrie does a lot of interesting things as far as trying to find people, playing a role. Um, He's, like, kind of pretending to be different people, have conversations and de-escalate situations and just get into this world to find this girl. And he's a very kind of... It doesn't need to have a morality about it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He's just like a... It's easy because I follow orders. I show up. They tell me where to go. I show up. They tell me what to do. I do it. I go home kind of thing. But he is, I guess, forced to kind of realize that he needs to establish some sort of morality because it kind of gets disowned by his own government because they call it off. They decide to cut their losses and let the daughter go because it's going to expose the president to political yuckiness. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because the president was supposed to visit his daughter at school. That was like his cover story, but okay. he actually went, went to that town for like a booty call. So he didn't see his daughter. So she's bitter about not being able to be with her dad. Right. And also she gets abducted because when he comes to town, he needs more protection. So her secret service protection leaves her to to oh, protect okay. him. Yeah. So she's exposed and ends up getting taken. Um, and so it's, it's a really, really, really good movie. Um, Ed O'Neill and William H Macy are also in it, um, in good smaller roles. But it's just from like a spy perspective and a and the politics of that of of needing to needing to save face, even though it's hurting your own loved ones, your right. own, your own daughter. <laughs> you're gonna let them go because it's more politically advantageous. Um, there's just crazy stuff in it, but it's a really cool movie.
1: Yeah, I remember i don't remember if i actually watched it Mm -hmm. but i do remember when it came out because it came out and i was looking it up
0: yeah 2004
1: yeah and i was working at that video place and i remember when we had it and i think i'm pretty positive i took it home with the intention of watching it yeah i just can't remember if i actually watched it or if my dad did but (laughs) i know the movie you're talking about yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you can probably picture the cover i do feel like it's one that people have seen or heard of, or maybe haven't ever even heard of, Yeah, but it's a great movie that's out there that you should watch.
1: Well, my number nine Mm -hmm. is one I feel is way more important and people should watch, but no one does. Okay. Uh, first off, we can't have a political episode Mm -hmm. without bringing up George Clooney. So I'm bringing him up right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I knew you would.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is my favorite of his on the political scheme. Okay. Uh, It's the Ides of March. Yeah. With Ryan Gosling. Yep. This movie is... Like, when House of Cards came out, Mm -hmm. yes, it was a great series. But Ides of March, to me, was the introduction to just how dirty the political game can actually get, or Mm -hmm. voluntarily gets, willingly gets. Right. Right. Uh, So Ides of March is about a campaign staffer for a democratic presidential candidate who's running for the primaries in Ohio. And uh, it's, it just shows the, he kind of like sees firsthand of just how cold hearted politics actually is. And he, Ryan Gosling's character gets kind of a super rude awakening to all that Mm -hmm. and how, heartless it is and unapologetic it is mm-hmm. and it's just it's such a great drama and it's such an honest portrayal of this and what i really love about it mm-hmm. is that george clooney who wrote and directed this based on a play mm-hmm. he made it so that it's showing not just like all republicans are evil which mm-hmm. is what the cliche is out of hollywood yeah this one it's solely focused on the democrats so i i really respect that he gave it a fair field Mm -hmm. instead of just doing the cliche thing and just went with that route yeah um but this i mean the cast in this movie is unreal
0: i was just looking i haven't (laughs) seen this movie in a really long time and i kind of forgot about it but yeah the cast is is massive huge so just to name a few Mm -hmm. george clooney
1: ryan gosling paul giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. It is just... The acting in this movie is astounding. It has
0: both Evan Rachel Wood and Jeffrey Ryden in it, who are are both in the Westworld show (laughs) together. That's interesting. And it's...
1: Just seeing all of the characters and their roles in this candidate's road to the primary race, it's just... It's so cutthroat and it's just i love this movie i i feel this one more people should watch yeah just to get a sense of like how dirty mm-hmm. no matter what candidate you're going for
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's all bad yeah so, <laughs> like the playing field is just it's not a fair field
0: yeah yeah and if people get a taste of power they'll do a lot to try to yeah keep they'll that. do
1: whatever is in their means and they 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 throw that power around or their influence around and this one is definitely one that you see that happening yeah so ides of march yeah went from super funny to like ooh, this one's not <laughs> funny at all
0: <laughs> no that's good though i definitely think george clooney as a director and as a writer all of his movies he does a handful of political dramas or yeah. maybe they're not even political they're about the news but he does a lot of poignant, serious, well executed, well told. I'm I'm a
1: big George Clooney fan. I I really appreciate what he does.
0: This is just He may be the best actor that was massive and became a director that I can think of.
1: Well, he's, he's, yeah, he's been doing like all the fields. I mean, he does every role. Yeah. Or at least all the big ones, you know, and directs, writes, acts, produces. Yeah. He tends to do it a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to like serious subjects, he does have one super fun one. That's very funny Mm -hmm. uh, and football, but (laughs) this is yeah. Ides of March. When I watched this the first time and it came out in 2011. Okay. It just, it like it floored me Mm -hmm. because it was so honest. It just felt so like, yeah, it's all dirty. It's just. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And it feels like he's telling you something and he doesn't need. Like, took the gloves off, kind of. It,
1: yeah. And it doesn't. It's not a preachy film. It's just a very it, honest look.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a great one. Uh, my number eight. Yep. Is a movie that I saw a lot as a kid. And I rewatched it just to make sure it was as good as I remember. And it is. It's so good. My number eight is called Murder at Sixteen Hundred. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Murder at Sixteen Hundred is a Wesley Snipes movie, and Wesley Snipes like Wesley Snipes in the nineties was a thing before he disappeared, which he kind of had to disappear because he went to he went to prison for tax evasion,
1: like forced by the federal government.
0: <laughs> which is what I'm going to sidestep before oh, I get no. on my oh no anarchist libertarian rant. <laughs> oh,
1: no. So.
0: That's fine. Pay your taxes, people. I guess. Um, <laughs> Dude, moving on. If only you could see Jake cringing. <laughs> um, so, Wesley Snipes was like a huge, huge lead actor. Like, Passenger 57, not political, but also amazing where he's an air marshal. Yep. Um, but, Murder at 1600, Wesley Snipes is a homicide detective in Washington, D.C. And there's a murder at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, which is where the White House is. I was going to say,
1: if you don't know the address, it's the White House.
0: Yeah. And we do have listeners that aren't from America, and we do have, I'm sure, people that haven't taken uh, civics in high school. (laughs) Right. So at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the White House is there. And because it's in Washington, D.C., Wesley Snipes is brought in, and he's kind of in conflict with the Secret Service, who's trying to keep it under wraps and... And Diane Lane is a Secret Service agent who's kind of assigned to him as a handler to make sure he doesn't d- go anywhere he's not supposed to or do anything he's not supposed to. Which is, to.
1: like, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, they're very, like, specific about trying to... Tr- because this... if There's a lot of political motivations in this movie where the president is trying to negotiate um, peace, with, I think, with North Korea. And there's all this like news stuff about well if the president can't protect his own house then how is he going to protect america all that stuff um so they don't want all this like news that there was a murder in your like living room basically <laughs> right and who's supposed to be at camp david so like they weren't there but they're trying to figure out who was in the white house and all the people that work there and who knew her and why did she die and so it's a, it's a murder mysteries essentially but there's a lot of political undertones and secret service um and people doing things for political reasons where, uh, I think Alan Alda in this one as well. Yeah. Um, not as I mean, funny as he is in Canadian bacon, but has similar motivations where don't say too much. Jake. <laughs> yeah.
1: Similar <laughs> the motivations. Whole, like, last half of murder at 1600 is full of like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's
0: very exciting. It does really cool things. And it, and it, it utilizes the like tunnels under the white house that are so like infamous in history. And, and, and so one of the cool things is Wesley Snipes is like a history buff and he's like builds models of like the, the battle where Stonewall Jackson, yeah. like won and all that stuff. And so he knows kind of DC inside and out. It's his city that he like knows from history, but also from now from working it. And it's, it's just really, really cool. And Dennis Miller is his partner. And so they're, they're a funny duo together. Um, Dennis Miller is obviously hilarious, but a pretty good actor as well. <laughs> and so yeah it's a good if you like just a murder mystery in general it's a fun really cool movie yeah um pretty exciting um but there is a good political element as well
1: definitely yeah it's one where the uh the agenda the political agenda of some of the characters is very like Mm -hmm. ooh, this is uh this is toxic this is (laughs) yeah
0: that's a good way to put it putting their own like safety above yeah and people I was, and having information about what's going on i
1: always really liked it just i i think my favorite part of that movie even because when i was younger i loved it too it was just yeah. so cool um but one thing that always really appealed to me was like the white house you know there's a murder mm-hmm. in washington dc it happens to be at the white house which is how leslie snipe's character views it yeah. It's very much like hey it's this is a homicide. I have to investigate it's a homicide in my city. It, yeah, and everyone is like a suspect until proven innocent. It's very Yeah. And then the White House treats it as like we are our own country, so you're yeah. you're trying to overstep your bound I I've always loved that kind of
0: Yeah. The head of the secret service is like it was in your city but it's in my house. And yeah. So
1: and the every scene with those two yeah. is very much like, oh my God, just God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Which,
0: There's a lot of really good tension there.
1: Kudos to that actor for making it every time he's on the screen, you're just cringing and like, yeah. you hate him. <laughs> yeah. uh, my number eight is all about states' rights, mm-hmm. rocking the vote, <laughs> voter fraud, Crooked Politicians, (laughs) Media Manipulation, and Slapstick Comedy.
0: (laughs) My number eight
1: is Black Sheep with
0: Chris Farley. I can't believe I didn't have this movie on my list. Yes. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) I'm not joking. This
1: movie is all about all those things I just listed. Yeah. It just happens to be Tommy Boy meets Politics.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. if you like tommy boy it's exactly the same with politics yeah it has david spade and chris farley and they're awesome together as always
1: as always and this movie the whole like political stage that it is set on mm-hmm. is perfectly executed with all the comedy that's in it but it very much is everything i just listed mm-hmm. it, which is crazy to think a chris farley comedy mm-hmm would be so full of all of that stuff. Cause all that stuff usually doesn't make anyone feel too good, but mm-hmm. this movie is 86 minutes of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I remember being younger and just loving it for the comedy because everyone knows if you listen to our comedy episode, I fucking love Tommy boy mm-hmm. and Chris Farley movies in general, but the old, Older I got and the more I kept watching this movie, the more I was like, oh my God, this is such a like, this is a very heavy political film Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) with all of this stuff. So it's, I love Black Sheep. It's, I mean, if you need a good laugh, which we all do these days, this is definitely one to check out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also the last film that Farley and Spade were ever in together. Okay. Which kind of makes it kind of like bittersweet. Yeah. But it's fucking hilarious. Uh, You've got Tim Matheson, Christine Ebersole, and Gary fucking Busey, (laughs) who plays the most (laughs) perfect Gary Busey role ever. Yeah. He is an insane, like, paranoid retired vet who... Lives in a school bus that he's decked out and kind of loaded the whole perimeter of with (laughs) landmines. And he's got tons of artillery. (laughs) It's just. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's like a paranoid vet kind of guy.
1: Yeah. It's just. I love this movie so much. At first, this was only going to be an honorable mention for me, but Mm -hmm. then I rewatched it and was like,
0: no. Too perfect. This is
1: going on my list (laughs) because it's just so well done.
0: I. Yeah. It. (laughs) Absolutely should be, and I'm embarrassed it's not on mine. I completely forgot that I was political. I'm
1: so happy you forgot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You get your glory. Well done. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of that movie is when he's on stage at the Rock the Boat (laughs) thing. (laughs) And there's a bunch of like... Rappers, black rappers, and stuff. Yeah, and he's like trying to win over the crowd, and he's like shouting slogans, and everybody's cheering. And then he's he goes, trying to
1: get everyone amped to go vote.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then he, he ends up taking it too far, and he goes
1: kill Whitey, and every it's just a ghost town when he yeah. screams it. Crickets. Yeah. And I,
0: I I quoted that the other day. I yelled kill Whitey, and I don't think christy got it, but it's a funny movie.
1: Yeah, it's I guess I should say so. Chris Farley his character is the brother of this congressman or this guy running to be congressman of the state of Washington or governor. And so the whole movie is focused on him just going around the districts, trying to get votes and mm-hmm. spread the word, his big brother, his yeah. big brother. And David Spade plays uh kind of his handler,
0: <laughs> slash babysitter yeah it works for the campaign right? It,
1: yeah and he he's not a very good babysitter no. but
0: <laughs> i mean it's david spade he's mostly a sarcastic <laughs> he, he's
1: sarcastic the whole movie i mean he almost flips an old lady off and then she makes fun <laughs> of him for playing pocket pools so.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but that's what i mean and that's that's the movie and it's yeah. just how the the other side Tries to manipulate stuff mm-hmm. because the polls, you know, the brother's getting closer to her. And it's mm-hmm. uh, one interesting thing that I've I never realized until I recently watched it. OK. They never say what party each candidate is in. OK. They never even allude to what the party would They don't even like give colors
0: or anything? Uh-uh. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Which I was like. That's kind of
0: a cool way to do it.
1: I appreciated that a ton. Yeah. Because again way to make the playing field fair
0: yeah (laughs) yeah might as well just call them wigs or whatever (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) that's cool well i'm glad you brought that up because my number seven is also a comedy and so we can keep keep things pretty light (laughs) and it's a comedy that i don't know that many people have heard of it's people especially of our generation should have it came out in 92 and it has everybody we love in it okay for Um, a second
1: i almost thought you were saying one that's on mine but you're not so we're good
0: um so my number seven has eddie murphy in it and it's called the distinguished gentleman (laughs) and it is a phenomenal political comedy it's pretty satirey um and so eddie murphy at like peak 90s eddie murphy He carries the movie, does voices, does all of the great stuff that he normally does. He plays a con man, a confidence man, and he's like going around scamming people. And he realizes that if he wants to join like the major leagues and make major money, then he should really become a congressman (laughs) because they're the biggest con men of all time. (laughs) And so the way he becomes a congressman is a senator dies And so he decides that he's going to run. He's going to run using the same name as that guy because that congressman has been in the Congress forever. These guys are in Congress for 30, 40 years and people keep voting for them every two to six years or whatever it is. And so he just kind of realizes that most people don't pay attention. Most people won't know that he died. They just punch the same name in the ballot box every year and so he runs on the same name as this guy ends up getting elected and gets to that's like the very beginning of the movie he gets elected and then he gets to dc as like a freshman um senator congressman and they're like impressed by him they're like they're like that's a really like we totally get what you did there and that hats off to you sir well done and so he kind of It is exactly what he expects when he gets there. Like all of his conning skills come into play because everybody there is doing the same thing. Right. Um, And then it kind of starts his like does the Grinch thing where his heart starts growing a little bit. And he's like, well, I could actually help these people that are coming to my office from my district. And I have the ability to help them now. So maybe I should a little bit instead of just taking these donations and having <laughs> yes. these different packs and all this different like just money's pouring in like one of the funny things scenes is like his i think the senate majority whip or somebody somebody that's like overseeing everything and yeah. kind of taking him under his wing he's like so how do you feel about clean energy because if you're for it then i have these like solar panel people that will pay a bunch of money if you're against it then i have these coal people that will pay a bunch of money (laughs) like it doesn't matter it's just whatever you feel right whatever you feel like you're gonna make money either way (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just a really really funny really like cut to the bone satire about a lot of stuff but he does end up kind of building a conscious and then ends up kind of conning congress where he's kind of using his skills for good and helping helping kind of set them up and take them down and and having them overextend and get exposed and yeah it's a really funny and really good and so the distinguished gentleman i'm gonna have to it doesn't it's a funny name because it's kind of how they announce people there's the distinguished gentleman from florida or whatever um but yeah
1: i've seen the cover i don't know that i've actually seen that i thought i had seen a lot of early eddie murphy movies but i was just looking it up and i'm like I've seen the cover, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I've seen the movie. So I need to watch that one. I think it's a case with
0: a lot of people.
1: I love, I love, if you haven't guessed, or you will know, Mm -hmm. especially with my next pick, Mm -hmm. I love when Hollywood is able to just tear into Mm -hmm. politics because Hollywood itself is very politicized. Yeah. (laughs) So that movie sounds right up my alley with con men being... (laughs) I need to watch that. Yeah. All right. So my number seven is actually kind of a tie in with uh, your pick of Spartan. Okay. Interesting. Which is something that I was just looking up because I recognized the name from Spartan, uh, David Mamet.
0: Yeah. And I was wrote like, directed it, yeah.
1: I know that name. Mm-hmm. It's because he wrote my number seven. <laughs> okay. And that's why I knew
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, my number seven is one that, uh, It really drives home something we we all very well should know these days. But in 1997, Mm -hmm. we weren't quite sure yet because we still took what the media told us as (laughs) like face value. Like, yep, "Yep, that's what's happening. Uh, Funny thing is the timing of this movie Mm -hmm. is amazing. So my number seven is a movie that no one seems to know of, but it's called Wag the Dog. Yeah. With Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman and Anne Heche. So this movie Mm -hmm. is all about how the media will manipulate stuff for candidates Mm -hmm. or politicians to spin things a certain way. Mm -hmm. So this movie is about the president
0: gets caught up in a sex scandal that's a very common problem That Ameri- i don't know if it's politics everywhere but american politics especially like
1: it's it's almost I, like a job description three
0: or four of my different movies <laughs> the way the senator dies in the distinguished gentleman he's having sex with okay. somebody some intern
1: well luckily you never see any of the the scandal they just talk about the scandal Yes. Okay. and robert de niro plays this guy who you never find out what his actual job title is or what branch he actually works for. Mm -hmm. But his job is to come in and spin a brand new made up story to detract the attention Mm -hmm. away from the scandal and onto something else to make the president look heroic. Mm -hmm. And it happens to take place 11 days before the election. Mm. So he creates a war okay <laughs> so when we were talking about when you asked spies and war yeah my response to you was like I think I have a couple that involves war but it's yeah. not what the movie is so this was one of the ones where I'm like it's a fake war but yeah there's a war
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh like that it's a very dark comedy because okay. the whole time you were watching this movie it's it's pretty if it wasn't a comedy, it would be a very disheartening drama about <laughs> how easy we are all fooled. Yeah. And even with product placement and mm-hmm. merchandising. Mm-hmm. So in 1997, they talk about how to manipulate wearing ribbons mm-hmm. and merchandising certain colors and all this. And it was very like, ooh, <laughs> like this feels very real, mm-hmm. especially the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, But what made me laugh really hard about the timing of this movie. So it came out in 97 about a president being part of a sex scandal Mm -hmm. and the media having to do something to detract the American public. The very next year, (laughs) president Clinton was accused of having a sex scandal and there was media spins being done during all that to try and detract. It didn't really, because we all know how that goes. Yeah. If you don't, google it it's, <laughs>
0: yeah uh, yeah luckily we didn't end up in a i mean we had some war stuff i guess so uh, yeah i don't know how it all lines up because i don't remember but right yeah because that
1: scandal was very prominent yeah so.
0: yeah it was front frontal in everybody's mind for a long time
1: <laughs> but wag the dog i mean it is very funny but it's just the way that they show them mm-hmm. doing they even make like A song. They create this whole thing using a, a vet, you know, a soldier, and it's it is almost too smart for its own good. Okay, check it out. I love this movie. It's so good.
0: I've been meaning to watch it. I've heard really good things about it. Um, I was trying to get around to watching it this week to see if it's as good as I've heard, and if it was, I would have as an honorable mention. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it up.
1: I think you would love this because Dustin Hoffman plays a Hollywood movie producer who okay. gets brought in to help create this war yeah and you get to watch how this producer and his team bounce ideas of what'll sell the most what'll like yeah. make people cry willie nelson is in this movie to people it's, yeah you would love this okay. movie, jake you it sounds
0: awesome it. <laughs> i need to watch it uh my number six i'm sure you have to have seen uh it's probably the most recent movie on my list now that I look at it. But my number six is another brilliant satire and a comedy, but a very, very dark comedy. My number six is The Death of Stalin. I haven't seen it. You need to watch it. So <laughs> The Death of Stalin, because I know, I think in the TV episode we talked about Veep. Yep. And how brilliant and great Veep is. Um, the Death of Stalin was written and directed by Armando Iannucci. Who was who created Veep, and he also wrote another movie that's a political movie that I've heard is really good, but I haven't watched called In the Loop. I don't know if you've seen that.
1: I've heard of it, but I
0: haven't watched that um, movie either. Apparently, yet. also great. But so, the death of Stalin is about all of the various bigwigs in the Soviet Union. Okay. Um, and they, when Stalin dies, they all have to kind of vie for power. And (laughs) it has Jeffrey Tambor in it and Steve Buscemi is in it and Michael Palin are in it. And they are all kind of the heads, actual heads of, of different areas in the Soviet Union. And it's very much kind of on the level. Michael Palin's obviously was in Monty Python. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very much kind of on the level of the less silly, more satirical Monty Python stuff or even like, even like the Marx Brothers stuff. Um, very smart and very, kind of like I mentioned, it's a dark comedy. So, the way it's addressed is terrifying, but it (laughs) makes you laugh at the same time. So, some of the running gags in the in the movie is that no one really can say anything remotely critical of Stalin, um, and even even (laughs) the country at all. And so they'll be like, they'll just say something like something will happen. They're like, Oh, that's, that sucks. Or he looks weird or whatever. And then they're like, Oh, I didn't mean, I mean, take that back. Um, I didn't mean, no, I mean like in a good way, like they're just trying to like spin it constantly so that they don't get, um, taken. And that's the other kind of main (laughs) gag. That's so, so dark, but so funny is, um, kind of in the background around them, people are just disappearing. So like people that they were friends with, people they worked with, they're like, Oh, where's Vasily? Oh, he's he's gone oh and and like just people are getting snatched up because they said the wrong thing people are being executed because they they misrepresented stalin's vision or whatever and so it's very very serious about the trouble with like authoritarianism and communism and all of these things that force people to do and say things that they wouldn't normally do or say, and but it's done in a way that's kind of a comedy in a way. And right. So it's well Stalin. I mean, to try and
1: do a comedy with Stalin mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. that's got to be so fucking hard to do.
0: Yeah, and it's all it, all of the actors. They don't like try to really to do Russian accents. A lot of the Russian, um a lot of the heads of the Russian government all have like british accents yes steve Steve buscemi does his like normal american accent and so they don't really like care about the historical part but it's yeah it's a really really good movie and and equal parts like i said about good satire equal parts scary and funny
1: i was just looking it up it is on netflix so i think i know what i might watch this upcoming week
0: (laughs) yeah it's a good good call
1: Alright, my number six mm-hmm. is not in America. Okay. We both went foreign for our number six. Interesting. Our lists are kind of have you noticed our I list have. so far is very mm-hmm. similar.
0: I've known that I've noticed that in a few episodes where there are I mean, maybe that's just that sometimes as human beings, we kind of just make connections. Yeah, maybe. Which is the things I love about conspiracy theories where it's <laughs> like I just you just start making connections because you, they seem to match up because you can. But yeah, there have <laughs> been things about our lists where like the the types of movies we put in the same spot or the people that made them or whatever. They yeah. match up a weird amount.
1: It, it is weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I like it. I do, too. My number six has some very funny moments, okay, but in no way is it an actual comedy. <laughs> uh, mine, my number six takes place, and this is also the most recent on my list. Okay, so your death of Stalin was made in twenty seventeen. It was. My number six is from twenty seventeen. Weird.
0: <laughs> Too spooky.
1: Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Uh Mine takes place in May of nineteen forty. Okay. And it is Darkest Hour yeah. with uh, Gary Oldman. So this is about the first month of Winston Churchill being prime minister right during like World, War, up II. To World War II. I, yeah. It's Dunkirk was I mean, if you don't know anything, watch the movie, but the history of that
0: yeah.
1: event is so intense mm-hmm. and crazy. Well, Darkest Hour shows the political side of all this. Yeah. Uh this I mean First off, the acting is too good. Yeah, it's too good.
0: <laughs> and the way they transformed him to look like Churchill—he looks really is good.
1: incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's so—it's it, such a great movie to watch. Yes, they took liberties with like the actual history, but it's Hollywood, so yeah. you're over it. <laughs> and, <laughs> but like seeing how the UK handled politics at that time was mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, what really blew my mind about watching this is we have the luxury of hindsight. Yeah. So this movie, a big driving force in this movie is the opposition from mm-hmm. Churchill's party mm-hmm. is trying to convince Churchill that he has to go into peace talks with Hitler. Mm-hmm. Now we have the luxury of hindsight of knowing you don't probably doesn't work out. That wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it's Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> or was Hitler yeah. <laughs> like no? Yeah, peace was never on that man. That man's mind. It is.
0: Yeah,
1: he's pure evil. <laughs> yeah. So it was really interesting because uh, his opposition through Churchill, just trying to. I mean, he inherits mm-hmm. this mess of a government system. Mm-hmm. The king hates him and just tells him, mm-hmm. like, "I don't like you. You scare me." Mm-hmm. So he takes all this responsibility on his shoulder, knowing everyone hates him. He's probably not going to like get reelected. He's probably even going to get mm-hmm. their version of impeached. <laughs> and it's, but he takes it as, all right, well, this is my duty, but I don't quite know what my actual duty is. So I'm just <laughs> going to do what I feel I need to do. Yeah. It's, it's such a great movie seeing that aspect and seeing like he, Kind of the, the like, portrayal of knowing what he's doing and confidence, but then the movie does this great thing of showing him behind all that, and you see him mm-hmm. afraid and questioning what he's doing and mm-hmm. why he's doing, what the point of any of it is. It's very, I love this movie, because I had seen, like, Dunkirk first. Yeah. Which is all about the battle from multiple points of view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then watching this, I was floored by this movie to see what the actual politics and the fact that
0: context. Yeah.
1: Like this tyrant is going around. I mean, you hear about the fall of Belgium and all the and France is following pretty close. Yeah. And through the world literally being blown up, the two opposing sides are trying to play political games with each other just to Mm -hmm. inherit power. It's, I was, I mean, it's still. I watch this movie, and there are parts in this movie that are just amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've gotten to watch it yet, but there, I mean, there are lines and there's parts in it that you're like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to cheer, <laughs> but I know I can't. <laughs> like, I just, I love Darkest Hour. I've become kind of obsessed with this movie over the last year, especially. Okay. Um, and it's just I it's so good. Especially if you like history, this is mm-hmm. just, it's so well done.
0: <laughs> it's one of those movies that I wanted to get around to. And I haven't yet for like you mentioned, or like we mentioned in the movies, I haven't gotten around yeah. to see uh, episode that we did. I don't tend to gravitate towards dramas, um, but it's a movie I wanted to get onto. to. I really am interested in Churchill. And especially cause like you said, we have the benefit of hindsight now. And Churchill's interesting because there's a lot of... us Nowadays, there's a lot of, well, he was bad about this, and he wasn't very progressive about this, and all of the reasons that he should be canceled from history. Yeah, he's like... The actual history of the guy,
1: he's not... Or he wasn't, like, a good dude. Yeah. He he was kind of shitty.
0: Right. (laughs) But he's also... We've also made, we might be living under fascism around the world now if we didn't have (laughs) Churchill. So he was kind of the right guy in the right place at the right time in order to make a lot of significant benefits for that part of the world. Yeah. And so he's a very interesting character. And you have to kind of, I mean, with all of history, you have to kind of take the bad with the good and learn from it.
1: Yeah. And it it is funny because he's like, I mean, you look back on prominent historical figures mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter who it is.
0: Right. Well, because every one of them is a human being and, and no human being is perfect.
1: Right. And hate to break it to a lot of people, but like 99% of the people that we hold so in such high esteem yeah. were still kind of shitty people. <laughs> like, yeah. they weren't the best. <laughs> they just did some very important things and we praise them for those. And mm-hmm. so yeah, Churchill is a great example of that. Cause he's regarded as like the greatest Britain to ever exist. He, he's mm-hmm. as iconic from the world war two
0: era as you can almost get. Yeah. He's on the same fame status as the queen basically.
1: And, yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then you learn about what his actual feelings towards things were. And you're like, Oh you damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but check it out. Darkest hour is just, it's so well done. It's so good.
0: Yeah. I need to, I definitely need to. Uh, my number five may be a surprise that it's on my list, but I really like the idea of this movie for political reasons. And it's a series of movies that got taken, that kind of got blown up and a little taken a little too far. But my number five is The Purge, which okay. is a political <laughs> horror movie.
1: It, it is. I'll give it. It is. It's
0: an extremely political horror movie. It and I, I love the idea of it. I think that it's such a dark, twisted, scary concept that makes enough sense that people could be talked into it. It's, we've had moments of thinking like, could this happen all of a sudden? Right. <laughs> and it, If you have a like, there's enough good arguments for it that you could change some people's minds, the less empathetical people's minds for sure. Um, So it's essentially about how America decided at one point. There's like a group of new founding fathers, which is a very ominous expression. Yeah. Um, But there's a group of new founding fathers, and they decided, in order to save America, we need to have one night a year where all of the laws don't apply and you can do whatever you want and the effect that that generally it could be stealing it could be whatever but it generally tends to be murder because people take out their frustration and aggression and all of the things they've been bottling up right out on people and that they kind of encourage the murder they do and and they do more and more later in the series of movies um But it also tends to a major effect or it may be seen as a side effect, but it also may be an intentional effect by the creators of this, by the politicians, which is the people that are most vulnerable to being attacked by these people are the people that are homeless or poor or whatever. And so as those people get killed off every year, there's less kind of like of like you need less social programs. You need less. Well, it's very. And less crime and less and that's the argument that they try yeah. to make this like it's scary enough that people could go along to it with it if you're not empathetic towards no you can't just kill it, people
1: it's, <laughs> it's like mainly the elite classes are yeah. the ones that are carrying out the most heinous murders throughout the whole series of yeah the purge and yeah, yeah it's
0: it has so many overtones to it it's really smartly done and like the kind of series did i think run a little long it kind of did the Saw thing where it got a little too popular but it's and started losing its smartness kind yeah. of being sped out i guess um but they're, they do interesting things in, like, the second one and the third one as well. The first one's pretty basic, where it's just Ethan Hawke and his family in their house, and they have all these, like, security precautions. Yeah,
1: it's like you had to go out and purchase yeah. specific purge night security Yeah, You systems. don't want people
0: breaking into your house. You have to get, like, these blinds that come down, and they're, like, steel windows, <laughs> yeah. and your door locks a bunch of ways, and you, see like, you turn your house into a bunker, essentially, so you can just sleep through the night. Um, but these rich, like, yuppies end up coming along and breaking in and and tormenting them. Um, but as the series goes on, they do really interesting things where... Ah, I forget the name of the actress, but the girl plays... Um, what's her... Fa- uh, Juliet from Lost? She's like a, a senator or something. She's some politician later on. And... The government actually uses the purge to try to get her assassinated. Yeah. So like she's trying to like make it to safety, and they they send Hitman after her, and they're that's like, uh, "Oh no, it's just it's just the people doing their thing." But it's actually the government trying to offer. <laughs> right. And it's really. Interesting. I think
1: that was a third one, right?
0: I think so too.
1: That's election year. Yeah. I think that was the third one. I think so. Second too. or third
0: one. I don't remember. But yeah, the whole the whole series is interesting and clever and scary and <laughs> gory for a political horror for. it's pretty great
1: yeah that's not not necessarily a surprise that you would put that on there yes. just with all the overtones but yes surprising that you had it on there i would have guessed that would have been like a honorable mention for you but
0: the idea is so good. I really like that first and one. And I think they do a good job with it. It's not a good idea that was ruined by bad execution. They're good, well-executed movies, yeah. I think.
1: All right, my number five is based on a true story. Okay. Uh, this is one of the very rare political stories and movies where the political games are used for good. Oh. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Uh, so my number five is one that like tons of people skipped and it kind of bums me out that they did. Cause it's a very important story that unfortunately the after effects mm-hmm. or the end game as this man put it got really fucked up. So my number five is Charlie Wilson's war. Yeah. So this is the true story of a Texas Congress congressman who teams up with a Texas socialite and Mm -hmm. a CIA operative. And they create the most covert war to help aid the Afghanistan uh, civilians Mm -hmm. to fight the Soviet union in the eighties. Yeah. It's just, it's so good. It has a lot of really funny moments in it. The sarcasm in it is fantastic. (laughs) Julia Roberts and Philip Seymour Hoffman are in this. And all of them are just, they work so well together. And like I said, this is very rare where you see a politician Mm -hmm. using the games for good to aid. And he, I mean, he starts this whole covert war with $5 million (laughs) and he builds it up to like 1 billion. Okay. Just trying to aid and take care of this country and just, but they can't. They can't just outright do it because yeah. of, like, treaties and stuff. So it, uh, just seeing how they pulled this off, it's awesome. It is a piece of history. Um, if you don't know your history, mm-hmm. the heartbreaking tie-in to it is the aftermath, which came yeah. in 2001.
0: So... <laughs> yeah it's it's great to help people rebel against the soviet union until those rebels turn out to be that are armed by the cia right end up being al-qaeda
1: yeah so it's it has a quote that the actual charles wilson said um and it just like it sums up every decade <laughs> or it, like it just it's the perfect sum up Timeless. of everything uh, so his quote is, these things happened, they were glorious, and they changed the world, and then we fucked up the endgame. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. It's true. But it's just, it's such a good movie, and if you need, especially in political seasons and environments, if you need something mm-hmm. that just kind of, like, light heart, a little more lighthearted, it's it has some pretty heavy scenes in it, but mm-hmm. where you get to see, like, not every politician is complete shit (laughs) like this is one of those plus tom hanks is amazing in anything he does does steven spielberg direct it no mike nichols directed this one
0: okay um i the reason i ask is because my number four is a tom hanks movie
1: with steven spielberg directed
0: by steven spielberg yeah which most of his probably are but (laughs) Which one? (laughs) I know. I'm looking at your face as you try to guess which one it is. (laughs) It's probably the least obvious one, but it's still political, still counts. Is this a spy one? No. Okay, then it's not the one I thought. (laughs) Uh, No, it's not Bridge of Spies. Okay. Which is
1: amazing. You should see
0: that. It's true. I didn't want to have too many spy things on my thing. (laughs) Um, My number four is The Terminal.
1: Oh! It's totally
0: political because... What?! because
1: oh yeah you're right it is boom
0: (laughs) vindicated but not
1: in any obvious way
0: the whole premise of the movie is political yeah but
1: no one pays attention to that they just think he's stuck at the airport no one pays attention
0: to the premise of the movie um you're not wrong it's actually probably true so the premise of the movie is that tom hanks is a tourist and he's coming to america he's from some country in like eastern europe that no one's ever heard of uh, yeah, a I little, can't remember
1: what I think it's, a, it's a little
0: made up country. It's, I don't think it's real. um Watch, we're gonna get listeners from that country and then
1: we're gonna lose them immediately because you're like, it's not real.
0: Yeah, um yeah. Send me a message if your t- country exists. <laughs> <Des is gonna laughs> <fact check me laughs> Dustin's gonna fact check me during <laughs> the episode. um So he he's a is a foreign tourist who comes to America on holiday and while he's in flight coming to America, his country kind of collapses and has a civil war or an outbreak of violence or something. And so the United States declares his country as a failed state. And so he, when he lands and he tries to come through customs, they're like, yeah, your passport's not valid. We're not taking in people from your country. And so he can't go through customs and come into America, and he can't fly home because there's no flights going back. And so he's stuck in... That's in the terminal at the airport and as someone who doesn't speak English barely speaks any English and doesn't have any money um, like American money and I for some reason I don't think he can I think he has his like his wallet and papers and everything taken from him for some reason it's all very weirdly bureaucratic um
1: it is a made-up country boom thank (laughs)
0: you i can rest easy no i'm not gonna get angry tweets (laughs) it
1: it was taking me a minute to find that (laughs) yeah
0: um and so that's that's the whole kind of political thing where he's he's not even like a long-term immigrant coming in i think he's just a tourist but he's still trying to use the system trying to follow the rules showing his passport and because of bureaucracy he's not allowed to come in and it kind of ends up as a man without a country and it's very kind of it kind of pulls at your heartstrings because he loves this country like he's watching the news and seeing the violence and he's just heartbroken for it and but he's also very hopeful and positive and he kind of tries to make the best of it and it's a cool premise where he has to stay in the airport because i think airports are cool and and i know they're not they're good they're good for people watching they're good for like i don't know i think it's it's a cool thing where he has to like figure out how to live there where it's not a place you're supposed to live basically yeah and so he he ends up and he does it in a way where he's extremely honest he like he doesn't they tell him what the rules are and he's very specific to not break them. He's a very like he's a good person. And so even when they get tired of him being there and they try to get him to like escape, they're like, here, we'll let you. Escape. Right. He doesn't. He, leave. Yeah, he's like, you told me to stay. I'm going to stay. <laughs> and so they're very annoyed by that. But he's it just cements that he's following the rules, yeah. trying to be a good person and getting boned in the ass by the government <laughs> for not for like just trying to he, they're telling you to. My one rant's gonna be if the, <laughs> if you're being told to do things that are stupid and they hurt you or hurt other people, just because they're the rules, you don't need to do it. You can do what's right. That's the uh, only only rant.
1: I'm gonna give us both a credit here, Jake. Okay. We've managed to make it to our number four picks <laughs> without actual political rants.
0: So yeah. that still doesn't count as a rant. It's like a moral rant. It's because not even political.
1: Anyone that knows us personally knows that you and I have the ability to really rant so
0: <laughs> about things that most people probably wouldn't <laughs> right i think we don't have mainstream <laughs> opinions but yeah so the terminal is not obviously political because it's mostly about him just living well, it's like, and the relationships he forms with the people that work there yeah they kind of for, it, it's form set up as like a
1: lighthearted comedy drama about this guy that's just stuck at the airport but no it's
0: yeah and there's a light romance with Catherine Zeta Zeta Jones she's a flight attendant that kind of comes through from time to time yeah. and but she, I don't think there's much of a romance she can't really like she's kind of he's just kind of like a shoulder like someone to talk to who's a friendly face and because she's been flying around and when she's in town she'll stop and meet this guy but he's having an affair with her Uh, So he's like cheating on his wife with her. Right. And so she can't, there's no future there. And she's kind of upset about that. And so they have cute moments, but it's not really a romance between them. Yeah.
1: It's more of just like a relationship, but not romantic. They just kind of,
0: yeah. Kind of like with everybody else in the airport, he forms friendships with them and they help him out. And he's in conflict, conflict with the immigration and the customs and the security and all those people. But Everybody else in the airport, the people who work at McDonald's and handle the bags, they love him. Um, and Tom Hanks is great. It's one of the movies that I don't think people think of as a great Tom Hanks movie. But it, it, it kind is. of gets lost because he's done so many. Right. But it is definitely one of his great roles, especially as someone who doesn't speak English, needs to kind of learn English and try yeah, to he, understand customs and what's going on and why he's there and why he can't leave. And he's really he, good. He
1: plays it very well of someone who really does just want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But because there's that language barrier, he like doesn't really talk. The movie mumbles a lot or he mm-hmm. speaks in a foreign language. Broken
0: or, English. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good movie. That That's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, my number four. Yeah. Is not one that leaves you feeling too good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, So I'll just say, I've got a lot that are based on actual events on my list. Yeah. This is one of them. Okay. Um, My number four is directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. And it's got Michael Sheen in it Mm. and Frank Langella and Oliver Platt and Kevin Bacon, Matthew McFadden and Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. And this is based on the very real... uh, David Frost and Richard Nixon interviews in the 1970s. Well, in 1977. So my number four is Frost Nixon. Yeah. This movie is straight dialogue. It is just (laughs) this uh, English entertainer talk show host who decides to interview Richard Nixon Mm -hmm. post-presidency. Okay. About all topics. Okay. Okay. Namely Watergate.
0: Yeah, that's the elephant (laughs) in the room. That's the big one. Yeah.
1: Uh, This movie is so well executed. And it does such a great job of showing how a politician will spend their words or their tactics when they're talking to avoid answering stuff or really mainly that one. Yeah. So that they don't actually have to answer for real issues they can just sidestep all of it with how they talk so Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's not it's not like a fast-paced drama it's very much david frost and his team just trying to come up with questions that they're going to be able to call nixon out on and their big goal is to get richard nixon to admit Mm -hmm. any and all wrongdoings right Not just around Watergate, but just with how he...
0: Throughout the presidency. Throughout
1: the presidency. Yeah. Because he never had to. He was pardoned by uh, President Ford right after Ford took office. So it's seeing all this kind of play out. And some of the stuff that... And the real interviews, if you've never watched them, Mm -hmm. I would also recommend to watch the actual interviews. Because the dialogue in the movie is taken from the real interviews. So it's okay. <laughs> there are some lines where you're like, he never actually said that. There's yeah. no way he would say that. And then it, you, say that. you hear him actually say it in the interview. It's very just, I, I love that. It just, it paints this picture of how a politician utilizes their words. Yeah. And not necessarily for the correct reasons. Right. I love this movie. It's so good. And like, no one's watched it. You should, because it's intense just with the dialogue and it's, it's so phenomenal.
0: I haven't watched it either. I was looking at the page for it and realized it's based on a stage play, which kind of makes sense based on how you described it. Yeah.
1: So it was like the real interviews and then they turned that into a play. And then they made the movie based on the interviews and the play. Yeah. Very, (laughs) I think I've had a few picks throughout our little show here where I'm like, it was a real thing and then they did a play
0: yeah (laughs) listen to the remakes episode so we can talk that's where we talk about all the different iterations remakes and adaptations yeah
1: but it's just it's so good it's not like it pulls on your heartstrings or anything it's just it the way they play this interview out Mm -hmm. is so good
0: good i haven't seen it i need to watch it yeah um it sounds interesting
1: i would personally say it's an important one for the american public to watch especially like our generation or
0: yeah our generation i was really too young to know anything about nixon yeah reagan or jfk or anybody in that era
1: just based on like what our parents told us
0: yeah 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 i mean history in school doesn't really teach you much either nope <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Before I get into the public school rant, uh, my number three is a little more lighthearted. Okay. It's actually very lighthearted, um, but it has heart. And so, my number three, also from 1993, early 90s, um, between, so it was written by Gary Ross, and between writing Big and Pleasantville, he wrote a movie f- called Dave
1: oh that's such a good movie
0: Dave is such a good movie that's such a good movie <laughs> and so it stars Kevin Klein, who plays the president of the United States and he's kind of a dick but he <laughs> also so he's like cheating on his wife and he's supposed to go to a, a dinner and he doesn't go to the dinner they hire a body double who looks like him also played by Kevin Kline yep. he's, he's a, just a normal guy on the street named Dave And he's, like, uh, he works at an office that helps people get temp jobs. Kind of just a blue-collar civil service kind of guy. Um, And so he looks like the president. And so they say, hey, we'll hire you to be a body double for him while he skips this thing and goes and has an affair with his secretary. (laughs) Does
1: his own thing. Yeah.
0: And while having the affair with the secretary has a massive heart attack (laughs) and has to go into, like, the hospital. But the the... Government can't admit where he was or why he's not there and why he had the heart attack. And so they're like, let's just keep Dave around and we will teach him to act like the president. He obviously already looks like the president. Yeah. And so we'll teach him to act like him, dress him up, clean him up. And then we'll do all of the kind of politics part. We'll handle all of the day to day stuff and all of the all he has to do is show up and look like the president. And. So it's a fun movie about how basically anybody can be president while also <laughs> while also, kind of showing you how whoever you elect to sit in the chair is being controlled by everybody right. else. They're not necessarily the person, mm-hmm. quote unquote in charge. <laughs> right.
1: Because they, they're <laughs>
0: gonna keep doing their agenda even without this guy there. And so we're getting
1: real close to rantiness, I
0: So but it's really funny because so he's up he's doing he gets there and he's doing the job. And so Sigourney Weaver is the first lady. Yep. Yeah. And they're kind of separated obviously. She's they're not sleeping in the same bedroom. They don't really like each other. Um and so it's easy for him to kind of show up at a single appearance. She's cold to him, doesn't really pay attention um but he starts i mean he's a nice guy so he starts being nice to people as he goes to things he starts like taking interest ving rames is the secret service guy and so they kind of like form a friendship and he like starts meeting kids at hospitals and like he's being nice and all stuff and so she starts to notice him and like maybe he's changed maybe he's being nicer and then she realizes it's not him it's somebody else
1: it's a double
0: (laughs) but they they still kind of have a little romantic thing because she likes him more than the real president. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think would be weird to like be married to somebody, even if it's just for appearances at this point. But then you are going to fall in love with someone who looks exactly like them. <laughs> that's a, it's like a twin brother thing that you've never met. That's a weird thing.
1: That would be, yeah. That's but odd. it's,
0: it's handled in a funny way. And they all, they use the tunnels under the White House yeah. in this movie like they do in uh, Murder at 1600. Um, but it's it's a really funny, cute movie, and it's really kind of hopeful as they as they try to battle the forces within the White House. So the all of his like his his two main cabinet advisors are trying to um, trying to kind of force him out or force um, him to sign a document that will replace the vice president with one of his main kind of smarmy cabinet guys. Yeah, and. And then they're going to kill Dave and then and then the vice president will become the president. He'll have ultimate power. And so they're trying to like they hatch the scheme and he's trying to stay a step ahead, but in like a it's a pretty lighthearted movie. It's not like a thriller or a drama or anything. Right.
1: No, it, it genuinely is for a very movie, lighthearted. For a movie
0: about a coup, it's pretty lighthearted. <laughs> it's, and yeah. wholesome.
1: It it is a that is a good one. That's one that, yeah, you don't hear about too often, but mm-hmm. it's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, my number three is personally, to me, one of the most powerful films. Mm-hmm. This is also based on history. Okay. Um, my favorite thing about this movie is they take a person that is of highest importance, especially to our country. Yeah. And kind of show that, he was not the perfect politician. He still played games, mm-hmm. even if if it was for something good. He was still part of the scheming. Mm-hmm. He still had to be
0: still playing a politician. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm talking Lincoln.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Daniel Day Lewis and Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just it's so good. Yeah. Uh, the movie focuses on. Um, you know, Civil War era, Lincoln trying to pass the amendment to free all the slaves. Yeah. To abolish slavery, I should yeah. say. The thirteenth amendment. So uh and it, it's all about the loops and the games that he personally had to set in place to be able to pass this amendment. Mm-hmm. So something great, yeah. but he still had to do all this scheming. It wasn't like here's a thing, folks. <laughs> Back in his time, yeah. the other side mm-hmm. loathed, hated, mm-hmm. wanted him
0: dead. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it needs, Which he unfortunately ends up being. Right. But yeah, they, you can't just come out and say, hey, you know what? Let's just free all the slaves. And not, if not everybody's going to sign up, you have to make like, you have to get them on board. You have to, in order to the, yeah, make, actually they, pass like, it, you have to do a lot of work to be like. They show
1: them literally buying votes. Mm-hmm to get this thing to pass they're given jobs out under the table it's very i mean he breaks every law there is there's even a sequence where he talks about Mm -hmm. breaking all the laws but enacting his power as president as Mm -hmm. it's my right because i'm the president
0: yeah and feeling justified because it's ultimately a noble reason right going back to you shouldn't follow laws that are immoral (laughs)
1: like
0: enslaving other people. You (laughs) should, you should do what's right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a very powerful film um, showing that side of politics back then, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I mentioned earlier, we have the, we have hindsight, which is nice, but unfortunately there's so many things from even then that Mm -hmm. seem to still be hanging out now, which I Mm -hmm. will never understand, but Right. <laughs> so Lincoln, I mean, it's just it's a powerful fucking movie. Mm. Uh, there's there's no spoilers here, folks. I mean, if you know your history, you know Lincoln doesn't survive. Yeah. But the nice thing is they don't actually show that, mm. uh, which I I really appreciated because I'm like, yeah, we don't necessarily need to see yeah. him get shot in the back of the head
0: yeah there's no surprise everybody knows it's coming
1: it, yeah but tommy lee jones joseph gordon levitt and sally fields and a ton of other huge yeah. name actors awesome are in movie. this and it's just it's probably one of the most heartfelt powerful political films i've ever mm-hmm. seen and it, it just it it paints such a great picture to remind us of the importance of humanity really mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and early american history which is tumultuous but different but valuable in the sense that yeah. it 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 did things differently than a lot of the world and it did a lot of things like freeing slaves earlier than a lot of the world. I mean there's still slaves all over the world now right. so it's that that are legal and as well, far as the government's concerned.
1: There's a lot of scenes in Lincoln too where they show in the Senate, you know, in the House, mm-hmm. the Democrats versus the Republicans mm-hmm. and we we complain about the mudslinging these days. Yeah
0: wasn't any better back. it
1: wasn't any better back then in fact they had legitimate i mean most of their arguments were just insults mm-hmm. at least according to this movie and like yeah. some transcripts but where it's like there is no argument for a, a cause it's just i hate you so i'm just gonna insult you for
0: two minutes straight and we'll get people to cheer <laughs> yeah i believe it just because you wear a powdered wig doesn't make you any fancier <laughs> right or any more civilized.
1: But it, it is funny seeing uh, Tommy Lee Jones play a Republican in this movie, a very passionate Republican in this movie. Okay. Uh, also, history lesson for you folks.
0: Yeah. A lot of people probably don't know because <laughs> they live now when things are, are painted or, to be the opposite.
1: Yeah. So, back then, it was... The Republicans were trying to abolish slavery.
0: Yeah, Lincoln but, was a Republican. Pre- yeah. The first Republican president.
1: And uh the Democrats were wanting slavery. They did not mm. want equality.
0: Right. Well, they wanted states' rights. States' rights. Which yeah. Which means that they their state can decide in the federal government, which is what Lincoln is in charge yeah. of. Yeah. And they, they, they were very much against like
1: uh black people getting the vote, mm. black people being able to do some of the same things it's very like the movie really shows quite a bit they have a couple characters where they they hate slavery Mm -hmm. but they do not want Mm -hmm. black people to have any rights except to not be a slave and
0: it's very like and there's a lot of complexity with their word they'll upend the economy like that's a big part of yeah uh, of people's like livelihood is is working on a plantation or at plantations and lincoln is so interesting because he was the first republican president and he was like he was the eighth actual president i think Now yeah. now i'm second guessing myself but i'm pretty sure um but it's it's interesting because i think people assume there have always been a republican candidate and a democratic candidate but there if you are a kind was of person, the 16th 16th way later so six <laughs> i just double the number i said and then that's what it is. So, um, in so if you think of America for the first sixteen presidencies, sixteen terms, or I guess fifteen terms, um, fifteen times four is
1: sixty. I'm not doing math, man. I'm pretty sure it's sixty fuck's years. Wrong with
0: you? So the first sixty years of presidents, uh, assuming that's right, is that you we well, didn't have Republicans versus Democrats. You had Whigs versus Democrats, and Then you finally, in Lincoln's era, had a third party get enough power to, or enough votes to elect a third party president, which now people think is unheard of. But it's happened before. It can happen (laughs) again. It just hasn't
1: happened since. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so it's a really interesting part of history for that reason. Yeah. And then things. Switched to being okay now we're only doing these two these new t- like one old one one new one, but no, no third one,
1: <laughs> yeah now third party mentality is very like frowned upon or scoffed at
0: it's very mm-hmm.
1: moving on <laughs> yeah,
0: wait a minute, this sounds like we're not talking about movies
1: <laughs> we're still doing really well, Jake we're still doing really well, okay, <laughs> but yeah, so Lincoln's my number three it's just it's powerful yeah and i just you gotta watch this movie it's Mm. i feel it's an important one it's
0: worth mentioning a second time how great daniel day lewis is in it Uh, yeah he is we've talked about it before but as a method actor who gets lost in the character he is
1: the method he's unbelievable
0: yeah he's he's (laughs) the last great one left okay my second one is not funny it's serious but it's not, it's not as serious as Lincoln because it's not about real events. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so my number two, which I had a lot lower, but I, f- I kept thinking about it and watching it. And I've loved it for so long. Okay. I've loved it since I was like a kid. Um, and not just the movie, but the book and the other books around it, I've loved as a kid. And so my number two is Clear and Present Danger. Okay. <laughs> And they're based on the Tom Clancy novels, and they center around a character, Jack Ryan, who yep. you may have seen has a Netflix series with um, John Krasinski now. It's not Netflix. I mean, the Amazon series with John <laughs> Krasinski now. I was thinking Amazon. I pictured Amazon in my head, but then that came out Netflix. I'm sure you appreciate that, Netflix. You can send me a check. That will be fine. <laughs> free product placement. Not free. You have to pay me. <laughs>
1: No one's paying you, Jay. Damn it. We've uh, mentioned Netflix <laughs> dozens of times. Yeah. It's You don't I mean, get to demand payment now.
0: <laughs> it's synonymous with like, streaming, I guess, <laughs> which is a tagline you should pay me for. I'm going to go. i are not, my, getting, pay, I'm we're not a, getting paid I'm for this. I'm a terrible marketer. <laughs> um. So Clear and Present Danger is a fantastic movie, and the books are all really good, too. So I was a big yes. Tom Clancy fan as a kid. Like, and his books are massive.
1: Did you understand his books as a kid? Um,
0: I understood enough. Because they are highly political. They're highly political and highly technical from a military standpoint. But I was very yeah. much into like military and army stuff as a kid. And so I really like that part more. And all of the kind of... So Jack Ryan as a character is essentially like an analyst. He's like a yeah. desk jockey who just needs to research things and explain them to more powerful people. Um, But he always ends up finding himself in the middle of conflicts or situations or wars even. Um, And so it ends up getting very exciting. And he's kind of the guy who's like, not really supposed to be there. He's supposed to be behind a desk. Um, And so there's two of them with Harrison Ford where he plays Jack Ryan. Patriot Games is the other one with Sean Bean, and that one's also as good. Um, But Clear Prison Danger I picked as my personal favorite because – It kind of puts him in even more of a political fish-out-of-water situation where he's been working in intelligence for a long time. He's been working under James Earl Jones, who's kind of the director of intelligence. But James Earl Jones gets sick. He has cancer. And so um, Harrison Ford needs to kind of step up and fill that role. And he ends up finding himself in the Oval Office explaining things to the president and kind of getting stuck in these situations, political situations, um, where he needs to... He needs to go to Congress and ask for money and make promises to them and then and then learns that the promises he's made weren't exactly true, even though he didn't know they weren't true when he made them. But he's still going to go down for them, basically. So it's, it's essentially about the drug war. So it's very much the cartel's perspective is one part of the movie where you have um, not Pablo Escobar, but someone who's like, like that in Colombia and there's the whole drug war trade going on and then the American side is the president has like a, a situation comes up where the coast guard finds a ship that belonged to a friend of his and there it was taken over by pirates and like used for smuggling and all this stuff and so he the president says I can't instruct you like he's talking to like his um, secretary of defense like other cabinet members He's like, I can't instruct you to do something about this, but you need to do something about this. Yeah. (laughs) And so he needs to, like, not not know the details, have plausible deniability. Um, And so they kind of take it and run with it and send troops down special ops guys who are off the books and they have to go down and kind of disrupt the operations in Colombia. And so Harrison Ford is like getting funding for his department and they're like, no troops can go down right and he's like i give you my word no troops and then it's cut to troops are going down there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very much and so he kind of discovers two he's he's fighting two wars he's trying to research the cartel and their whole intelligence community and how they're staying one step ahead of everything and then he's also trying to suss out this situation in his own office where a guy down the hall from him is Kind of leading this whole operation and, and and so he's kind of trying to figure all that out and do a little bit of espionage there um, and so it's really it's really interesting and complicated and cool there's a good amount of action in it as well it's not just political it's very actiony um, Willem Dafoe is in it he's kind of the main contact in Colombia who runs the team down there the team of soldiers yeah. he actually plays a character named Clark and one of the guys he recruits a sniper is named Chavez. And if you know your Tom Clancy lore, <laughs> those two guys are heavy in the Rainbow Six like books. Yeah. And the Rainbow Six book was like my favorite. It was massive. It was big. It fuck is a massive book. tome. It's yeah. It's like it's like Stephen King's it almost. It's <laughs> yeah. like that huge. It's amazing. Like um, I rented it probably a dozen times from the library. It's so fun. Ninety
1: percent of Tom Clancy's books mm-hmm. are that size.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's just really, really good on on all levels. I love love the action and the political side is very, very interesting and how they they build up to the cartel and the U.S. um, kind of meeting and talking. They're like, well, we'll give you an overall political victory if you tell us where your soldiers are and we can capture them and kill them. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And so – Then Harrison Ford and Willem Dafoe need to go down into Columbia and try to rescue the guys that are left. But the government's just like casting them all to the wind in order to save face. Well,
1: that was always, I remember like growing up, you, you think of the, the Jack Ryan movies as being like these action thrillers. Mm -hmm. And then you rewatch them as adults and you're like, wait a minute, this is very like, this is very political. And Mm -hmm. then if you go one step further, And read the books. Yeah. There's like no action in a lot of the books. Because it is all political. It's highly political.
0: Yeah. It's mostly political. And then it'll be like. And there's this other guy who's down there doing (laughs) something. And then here's some violence.
1: And politics. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very cool. And it's as a topic. As I think they show a lot of the. A lot of the mistakes that were made in kind of the drug war without without getting too bogged down in all of the different details of the drug war
1: uh yeah my number two
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i love this movie now this movie is i feel very uh relevant especially to our generation because we grew up in this era Mm uh my number two is vice with christian bale yeah he plays dick cheney yeah This movie blew my mind when I first saw it. And every time I watch it, it's another one of those where I just, I enjoy it more and more every Mm. time I watch it. Um, Like I said, we grew up in the Bush Cheney era. Yeah. You know, eight years of that, of that presidency.
0: Yeah. I kind of remember Clinton, but I mostly remember Bush.
1: Right. He was, I mean, we were sixth grade when he got elected we, I mean, we watched his entire. Pre- He's the first president mm-hmm. we actually were watching.
0: Yeah, and I mean, nine eleven is a defining moment in our generation for sure. It is,
1: yeah. Um, what What I love about this movie is, and other people would probably disagree with me, but from my perspective, mm-hmm. uh, they don't paint cheney as the super evil dude okay i'm sure some listeners are probably like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) well
0: that it's another surprising thing because i don't i don't know about it and i haven't seen the movie but i do know that a lot of people in hollywood feel like cheney is like a warmonger antichrist kind of person so
1: let me clarify my comment or my viewpoint Uh, To me, the movie really shows him as being one of the most intelligent politicians Mm. ever. Yeah. Who made very questionable decisions. And somehow, I mean, Bush was our president, Mm -hmm. but I think everyone kind of unanimously, especially our generation now, really understands or feels that Cheney was Mm. running the show. You mentioned Dave having the like person. I kind of feel like that's what the White House from 2000 to 2008 was. So
0: it's, you don't get the idea from George W. There's the brightest crayon in the box.
1: Right. Uh, but vice. Is, I mean, it's got some very funny moments because it's supposed to be kind of a, a comedic, like a satirical take on this. But yeah. And showing you mm-hmm. this eight year span. Well, longer than eight, because it starts with Cheney pre-politics and how he got into it in the eighties and all that, and how quick he was able to manipulate his way through all the ranks. He was the youngest chief of staff mm. ever. Okay. And just, it's a brilliant movie in showing you how a politician, mm-hmm. if they figure out the loopholes, mm-hmm. how easy they can manipulate their way to get the power they,
0: yeah. they
1: want. Um, It's just, it's such a well-made movie. It's so good. It's very funny. It's very, uh, for our generation, having watched all this stuff, transpire. Like, when you see things in this movie happen, there's several of them where, to me, it was like, I remember Mm -hmm. seeing that. And then they're showing you the kind of behind the scenes. And yes, it's Hollywood, so obviously it's going to be exaggerated or Mm -hmm. manipulated itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But political yeah it's it's so good um and it it is very i think important that they made it to show and exploit these loopholes and how quick Mm -hmm. they can be manipulated and taken advantage of because every fucking politician does it i don't care what side you're on (laughs) it's the game it's not it's
0: it's that if you want to be a person in there you have to do it yeah and Unless you're, I mean, there's no other option. It's, you're, you're a you human being. You either
1: play the game or you're not gonna make it. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. So I love this movie. I just it's, I've shown it to like friends of mine that are, you know, right wing people, and I've showed it to people friends that are left wing, and everyone has kind of, I've had a few people tell me they hated it. Mm-hmm. Well, sucks for you. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just, I love this movie and Christian Bale i'm such a huge fan of his yeah. and this is another one of his turn like daniel day lewis with Lincoln, where you don't see that actor you just see this character yeah 100 percent that yeah
0: it's Which so good. he tends to do christian bale tends to do on an extreme level where he'll transform his whole body yep. into a character um it's not just makeup usually it's <laughs> yeah it's mostly him and some makeup
1: although this was the first time he used a nutritionist to help him with this role. I was
0: going to, you kind of have to <laughs> after 40, you kind of just yeah. you can't keep going back <laughs> like, and forth. Cause he
1: did hostels right before he'd advice. And in hostels, he's fairly thin. Yeah. And then he played Dick Cheney. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: and you can't just wear a fat suit. You got to put some on.
1: Yeah. But it's, I, I love this movie. Um, you especially have to, I won't say what it is if you haven't seen it but the final scene of the the movie mm-hmm. is so fucking good. Okay. It's it's insanely intense. Hmm. And it just oh, it's such a great way to end that movie. It's so good. I fucking love this. Movie. Okay.
0: I have not seen it.
1: I think you would appreciate it. I probably would. Having grown up in that era. For sure. Um, but also just the way they approached it. Yeah. Okay. I think you would appreciate it.
0: All right, so my number 1 Woohoo! My favorite political movie of all time is Historical. Ooh. And terrifyingly political. So my number 1 movie is JFK.
1: Okay. This is an honorable mention of mine.
0: Okay. It was going like I had all my movies kind of laid out and I was moving them around as I watched them. What rewatching this movie, it's too good. It's so good. And that's an undertaking because
1: it's like a three and a half hour, four hour movie.
0: Yeah, so we've also talked a lot about Kevin Costner lately. In the last like two or three episodes, he's always come up. Yeah. And he does long fucking movies. Very long fucking movies. He has to he has to have the highest average movie runtime. length runtime of any actor because it seems like most of his movies are three to four hours long. Yeah um but yeah oliver the like the details that oliver stone took when he wrote and directed jfk is unbelievably precise and specific and exactly like he it's very hard to tell the scenes where you where it is an actual historical footage or it's something that he filmed because he used the same like the right camera from the era the right film stock for that era like everything's down to the exact details um i read a thing that there's a scene where jfk is getting autopsied and there's he had a lot of different people consulting on the movie but one of the guys he said that he walked into the room and this the tile on the walls was the exact same shade of green that he remembers even though the scene is a short scene in black and white He's just spent so much money like redoing the whole plaza and like redoing the Oval Office and all of those places to be exactly how it would have been um, back then. Yeah. And and so just that attention to detail is so good. And then all of the amassing of source material. So he he and he hired someone else to read books upon books upon books and articles and magazines.
1: Documents. no. yeah yeah the undertaking documents. for that movie is unreal
0: yeah and so it's it's a massively epic movie that for a long movie moves at an incredibly fast pace yeah. it's it explains a lot and there's a lot of detail in it but it moves very quickly it feels similar to me as like the big short when i watched it where you're getting a lot of information very quickly but it it feels well-paced feels smart um feels clear eventually as you kind of get it all unraveled there's a lot to unravel in it
1: it's funny that you say feels clear because the whole movie is like (laughs) why we have conspiracy theories
0: (laughs) yeah It, it doesn't feel clear really but the when you get to the end it feels like there's closure or you feel like you get it or at least you get what they got yeah um and so it's it's a great movie for monologues as well so it it has a really long monologue with Donald Sutherland, who's like this guy with no name that comes mm-hmm. out of the woodwork, and he's based on the like one of the main people that was um, that was consulting on the movie. That kind of when he met Oliver Stone, the first thing he told him was basically what this Donald Sutherland character tells um, tells uh, Jim Garrison, which is. Um, What's oh, his he's name? trying to find Ke- it in his notes. Kevin Costner's uh <laughs> Kevin Costner's character's name and so he has like this really long monologue about all of the th- th- they didn't actually ever meet but he had all of the same conclusions that Jim Garrison came up with himself basically yeah. and so it fits the movie so there's a long monologue there but the absolute best part the best like bow on top is when Kevin Costner has his whole monologue at the end so I should probably set it up. So the the movie is about I
1: would hope first, I would hope the fact that JFK is on your list. Yeah. You're number one. Yeah. The general public should already know immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's the assassination.
0: Case. Yeah. It's about the assassination <laughs> of John F. Kennedy, who was killed in Texas while he was driving in that motorcade. And then there was a lot of weirdness around it and nobody was really asking questions or investigating it. And so Jim Garrison was a real guy who was the DA of Louisiana. Um, I think it was Louisiana. Maybe it was just New Orleans, but he was the DA down there and he decided to start putting this case together and asking questions. And he brings, um, he brings a guy to, to trial Who's played by Tommy Lee Jones, and he's kind of the first, the first domino in a series of dominoes to try to lead towards the fact that the story of JFK's, assassin, JFK's assassination isn't exactly what they told us, that there was some conspiracy and probably a coup d'etat in the United States government from that. Yeah. And so he's trying to, he brings this whole trial and he tries to like explain his whole theory. And he's so he has this huge monologue at the end where he's talking to the jury and he's telling them all about um all about kind of what happened and how, what they should think about the evidence he's provided. And his monologue is so good and he gets choked up in it. And I was like that. You're a good actor, but that seems too good. <laughs> and so I looked it up and they they said that, yeah, it wasn't written to be him getting emotional, just. Just Kevin Costner, as he was delivering that message, got emotional, and they didn't make him reshoot it. It was perfect the way it was, and so it's really, really good. And it's he breaks the fourth wall at one point where, at the very end, where he's talking to the jury, and he's saying it's up to you to kind of decide and to make sure that we stay on a path of truth and and that make sure that the government is loyal to the people and all this stuff. He he says it's up to you, and he makes eye contact with through the lens, and you feel like he's staring into your soul, (laughs) and it's so powerful. (laughs) It's absolutely amazing, and it's it's a massive movie with tons of people in it. Um, I already mentioned the Kevin Costner and um, and Tommy Lee Jones, but Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. I was waiting for you to mention Gary Oldman. So Gary Oldman is another great invisible role where he plays lee harvey oswald and does a perfect job of looking and sounding and feeling like leah harvey oswald yeah. um from everything you've ever known to the point where they kind of reshoot or re refilm or re photograph famous photographs and famous films with him. with him in it yeah and it looks and feels the exact same as the original that you're used to and so it, it's just expertly done. Um, Sissy Spacek is Kevin Costner's wife, and she's great. As he's like getting under threats, and he's like, "You have a family. Like you can't just keep going <laughs> <Right>. around and, <laughs> and shaking the hornet's nest." Basically. And then Joe Pesci is in it. Walter Matthau is in it. John Candy is in it in like a dramatic role. Um, Kevin Bacon is in it. I already talked about Donald Sutherland, but it, Michael Rooker is really really good in it. Oh, a young, yeah. a young Michael Rooker. I
1: Michael Rooker. <laughs> um,
0: and then. And then Wayne Knight is in it. So Wayne Knight. And this is another part, another reason I love this movie so much (laughs) is, so a big part of the JFK trial is that how did all of these bullet holes get in the president and the guy sitting in front of them when there are only three shots from one gun? And so there's the whole, Congress had a whole meeting on it and they decided, well, there was a magic bullet that penetrated all these people. And so... Kevin Costner goes through the whole procedure with like a cane outlining if the bullet came in at this angle into this guy and it had to go out through this guy and it kind of made all these S turns and it's basically impossible. Um, (laughs) But it's really funny because Wayne Knight is on like his, his team of researchers and stuff. And he's a part of that scene where he's being used to demonstrate where the bullets go and everything. And there's an episode of Seinfeld um, where, where Wayne Knight is also in it as Newman, and he's basically playing the exact same role where he's standing with Kramer to represent this magic loogie that <laughs> Keith Hernandez, the pitcher um, s- they think spit at him. And, they're, and Jerry Seinfeld is using a golf club to yeah. outline like where this loogie went <laughs> and how that's impossible. And then Jerry Seinfeld surmises just like Kevin Costner does. There had to be a second spitter. <laughs> and so it, the, those two things together are so perfectly done that it's so incredibly funny
1: i had to look up the cast because i was like yeah i remember that cast just being massive and good lord i yeah. could scroll through those names and never end right yeah it's, <laughs> everybody was in it
0: um i'm pretty sure oliver stone said it's his favorite movie that he did and i could I, see that I, I could see why because it's probably the most socially impactful movie he's mm-hmm. ever done. Um. And I say that because they actually showed it to Congress and there's a whole thing at the end where it's like the you the the people can't get these documents and they're like locked up until 2029 and um and and then it talks about how he showed the movie to Congress and they said we'll look into it and that was in like the 90s 91 I think <laughs> And so they formed like this whole task force. They were moved by it. They thought it was good. Um, And so they formed a whole task force and actually ended up passing, I guess, legislation that would release that stuff sooner. Mm -hmm. And so some of it's still locked up, but a good amount of documents came out uh, during the Trump administration, I think in 2017. So pretty recently we got a bunch of JFK documents. um, Nothing obviously damning to the Well,
1: and a lot of it's also been like redacted and- yeah and they talk about they talk <laughs> about
0: it in the movie like they're destroying documents like anything that would have been that would have been made them look bad or expose this plot they would destroy in the 60s they're not gonna right. hold on to it <laughs> yeah. unless there's one person like who needs that get out of jail free card or whatever but most of it is like just scrubbed clean yeah and so it's a very powerful movie a very cool movie a very kind of scary Gary movie from the 60s where people are used to they have a small little world and you mm-hmm. know your family and your friends and your neighbors and you go to work and you come home and everything you know about the rest of the world you learn through the news and what the news tells you is happening but as as these people start investigating things they start seeing oh you can't say that you can't do that you can't you can't show that photo on TV yeah um, you can't talk about that let's go to commercial all this stuff they're kind of starting to manipulate public opinion about this is what happened. Just go with it. Don't ask questions. And so, yeah, it's very much kind of the key conspiracy thing about, and it could certainly be a turning point in American history where there was a coup d'etat against Kennedy and Linda B. Johnson took over and, and it was just all manipulated from the CIA and, 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 he was too soft jfk was too soft on communism and all this stuff and so it's just a crazy complicated brilliant brilliant movie yeah that's that's long and powerful
1: i first time i sat down to watch that movie i don't even remember how old i was i think i saw it in high school middle school or high school toward one of those times Mm -hmm. um but i remember like Going into it kind of uncomfortable because I had heard like you see the footage. Yeah. And then the I mean, the movie's over three hours long and (laughs) you don't see footage for what, almost halfway, if not a little bit past.
0: Yeah. The actual I think the actual like main footage is like middle of the way. And then you don't see the zapruder footage where it's actually like filmed from the knoll and you see kennedy like yeah go back into the left with the whole you see like his face get blown out you don't see that to like the end in the courtroom basically.
1: when they went to play that and it's they set it up in the movie for you to understand like yeah what you're about to watch Mm -hmm. and i remember just being like oh i don't know (laughs) if i can actually sit and watch this and then i did yeah. But every time I watch that movie, even now, mm-hmm. every time Cosner's character goes to play the footage, mm-hmm. I still get that feeling. I'm just like, it's, <laughs>
0: it's really intense.
1: It is. That's such a good... It's an honorable mention. I. It was one that floated on and off of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going more comedy with my list because I just needed to.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I I had probably half comedy, but yeah, I just... Yeah. It's so it's the most expert movie on my and list, and it,
1: it really is one. Um, like I'm, I'm the kind of person that tries not to go down conspiracy theory roads. Yeah. Um, but man, JFK is one of those movies where you're like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and it's told in such a way that you're kind of you get to the end and you're like okay so that's what happened <laughs> right <You're> like, <laughs> you're like oh, it's not so that's- it's not a theory anymore it's <laughs> just a conspiracy <laughs> that happened and we moved on from it and that's where we are and yeah, maybe I,
1: someday we'll find out but probably
0: not <laughs> no probably not we're <laughs> it's too far gone yeah as bringing it back to movies i one of the reasons i loved it and put it at the very top is because as a as a movie mm-hmm. it kind of is a it, one of the key examples of the power that film can have um, on society and on culture. And that it came out at a very controversial time. Like it didn't, it came out in 91. So it yeah. was like almost 30 years, 20, 20 something years after the actual assassination, but people still were not having it. People were like, this is treasonous. You can't ask these questions. You can't say this about the government. You can't like people want to believe, believe that it's good and believe that the yeah. government's, looking out for them and all the stuff they don't want to question it and so it's bad if you do but it's it was so well done and it came out early enough that i think over time people have because it exists people are more open to the idea of the, of all of that and so it's i think it's changed culture just as just from releasing the movie and what, making a good one right like, researching it well and all that stuff um i think that oliver stone did a great job of actually impacting culture and changing people's perceptions by showing them something that they didn't necessarily want to see <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would agree with you i yeah. would agree yeah well my number one mm-hmm. is polar opposite of yours okay <laughs> yeah. uh mine's fictitious mine's fictitious. It's, what's fictitious it's not based on history
0: oh you
1: i thought that was the name of the movie oh my god <laughs> my number one is
0: fictitious i was like
1: okay i get why you would take it that way but that was awesome it sounded
0: like you're announcing Fictitious? It. what does that mean it means it's not real okay i know what the word fictitious means thank you <laughs> it is a
1: straight comedy doesn't try to be anything but a straight comedy yeah and it is an amazing satire on American politics. Okay. The campaign is yeah. my all-time favorite political film. Yeah. With Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. I mean,
0: it's perfect. It yeah. It's perfectly <laughs> even and funny.
1: I mean, it's it's all about just Paul. I mean, Will Ferrell plays this. Mm-hmm. Four-time congressman that doesn't do anything except for sleep with random women, especially <laughs> one named Shayna. <laughs> and it's, it goes through like how campaigns are run and how right out the gate, they're all there just to manipulate public opinion. Mm-hmm. There's no care for truth. There's no care for actually doing any good. Mm -hmm. They just want money and power. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. And this movie does such a great job of like ripping into it, making fun of it. Uh, (laughs) Even from even down to uh, super rich people Mm -hmm. literally buying out candidates for their own personal gain. Yeah, yeah which this is a thing folks <laughs> yeah. don't go on a rant don't go on a rant <laughs> <laughs> we're, almost <done. laughs> we're almost done we've almost made it uh yeah the campaign is just it's so funny and it's mm-hmm. full of ridiculous scenes i can't watch this movie and not be in pain from laughter with yeah. the punching gags that are in this movie yeah they're so perfect <laughs> <laughs> they're so fucking good it, it is just i mean it's especially around any election time. Yeah. Watch this movie because it just, (laughs) for being a Will Ferrell comedy, it puts politics in a pretty good, like spotlight of this is ridiculous. Right. You should be forcing your candidates to actually be working for you. Right. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah. It does such a good job of, Of kind of showing you the farce of politics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, (laughs) it's, it's too good to me. I, I don't, I know there's a ton of people that don't like it. I honestly don't understand how you don't like it. Yeah. Cause it's just so fucking funny. (laughs) It's, it just, it's politics. Yeah. And it's worst. (laughs) And
0: (laughs) And it's about something that is good to laugh at. It's good to have that outlet. Yeah. Especially now.
1: Especially now, so campaign is my number one. I mean, it's, that's great. They're they're two. Uh, so they're in North Dakota running just for states congressmen. Yeah, <laughs> there's no presidential stuff about it. It's just, and one of the candidates is a super flamboyant Republican guy who just happens to be the son of a very rich mm-hmm. dad who <laughs> you don't know what he did. <laughs> But he gets told he has to run so that these two super rich brothers can purchase land in this district mm. and sell it to China to save on shipping costs. <laughs> <laughs> it, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it shows like the, uh, the mudslinging and the trash talking. It makes fun of that perfectly where Will Farrell questions Zach Galifianakis's american loyalty because he owns pugs mm-hmm. and they're chinese dogs <laughs> it's just
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's all it's, those like tiny things that that publicists bring up that they're like yeah you can't have that because it looks like it somebody's gonna read it wrong someone's gonna read into it and it's gonna look, make you look. so
1: there's a <laughs> there's a scene right when uh campaign starts mm-hmm and uh Dermot Mulroney, or no damn it the other one yeah Dylan McDermott
0: yeah i know you're talking that.
1: <laughs> that's also a joke in that movie where they swap the names because those tractors get oh really m- yeah mixed up all the time but he shows up as a campaign manager for Zach's character and they have replaced the pugs with a chocolate lab and a golden
0: retriever <laughs> yeah very american
1: it, yes but my favorite thing about that is he tells galifianakis's character they will wear bandanas and immediately in my head was like have like political dogs always worn a bandana or something and i think they have i think really dogs have to have a specific look especially in certain areas really? from the country
0: because you can't have a naked dog
1: right so it's like <laughs> just they will wear bandanas Makes me laugh every time they like <laughs> load his house his house up with manlier looking things. So yeah. like they replace a chandelier in his home with antlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they hang a rifle over the fireplace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's so fucking good.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the handling that goes into it is hilarious. And they
1: they right out the gate. I mean, before anything's even on screen. Mm-hmm they make fun of the very cliche political lines to just get the public excited for a candidate. Yeah. So it's America, Jesus and freedom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like will fairly even has a line where he's like, I don't quite get it, but people love it when I say those things. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. Whatever gets people to cheer.
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah, that's perfect. Perfect movie for it.
1: Politics,
0: we Politics. did it. We didn't rant much.
1: Not much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we did better than I thought. We did really well. I'm proud of us. No rabbit holes. We didn't get lost. That's right. In a rant, at least.
1: And and I think we've given a fair amount for people to watch. If you need, mm-hmm. if considering what we're going into, yeah. Especially the comedic ones that we picked, I would highly recommend. Yeah, watch the comedies that we we both have.
0: Right. Yeah, and they tend to have the same message of hope, which is demand, you know, demand a good character of people and demand that they're not shitheads. And
1: <laughs> demand that your your government actually yeah. works for you. Yeah, you don't have
0: to put up with all that.
1: It's supposed to be servitude, but... Yeah, you're supposed to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> ah, crap. We're getting close, Jake. We're getting wow. close. Hey, what honorable mentions do <laughs> you honorable have? Honorable mentions! <laughs> um... Well, this one's not a comedy, but Siriana yeah is an amazing political movie because mm-hmm. it shows how corrupt big money... It's also George Clooney, isn't it? It is George Clooney yeah. and all revolving around big oil. Um, But it also gets mixed up with terrorism and all that. It's mm-hmm. it's a powerful film. It's not a feel-good movie. Yeah. It's, it's really good, though. Uh, JFK was an honorable mention. Uh-huh. The Post... Which is Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Oh,
0: I was like thinking it was about the post office, but it's about the Washington Post.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is about the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Uh, It's another historical one. Mm -hmm. Watch that. It's an important piece of history. You should watch it where freedom of press was basically stopped. Yeah. So (laughs) because the government was getting called out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a if it. (laughs) If it went another way, it would be very hard to continue to defend against freedom of the press. I
1: think we would be a very different looking country yeah. had things gone a different way.
0: Yeah. Which um, is still something we're battling, but yeah. it's important to continue to battle that.
1: <laughs> right. Um, unfortunately, our media has definitely gotten all sorts of fucked up over the years. Yeah. But, and then uh, another comedic one, My Fellow Americans... This is from the 90s. It's a comedy about two ex-presidents, a Democrat and a Republican, who get caught up in a scandal. Okay. Well, they they stumble acro- upon a scandal, uh-huh. and they are trying to avoid being assassinated so they can expose <laughs> the scandal. Okay. <laughs> it, it's a comedy. It's got James Garner and Jack Lennon. Oh, okay. It's so good. Um, And then... I can't believe this one wasn't on your list. I was expecting it.
0: Yeah. I only had 10 spots.
1: And I can't believe it wasn't on mine. Yeah. But the more that you were talking, the more I was like, oh, I wonder which one I could have bumped for this one, actually. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it as Air Force One. Yeah. How was this not? <laughs> it's on <laughs>
0: my honorable mention. Okay. I had to have it. It's a, yeah. I, this... Talk about Harrison Ford and watching Harrison Ford, I was like, i didn't watch air force one again air
1: force one harrison ford plays a president who makes a very stout stance on we will not negotiate with terrorists yeah and then air force one gets hijacked by russian terrorists
0: yeah <laughs> you have to get off my plane dude
1: if you want to see harrison ford in the most
0: badass role yeah this is it <laughs> as the president who as the president generally not badass generally dorky right. And it, I love that
1: like there's parts where you can tell he's he's playing it as like I'm the president I don't know how to handle a, a machine gun. Yeah. And then he blows the fuck out of a terrorist, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's awesome.
1: But Gary Oldman, oh yeah, is the villain? Yeah. And he's
0: the best I've playing villain. He
1: is. And his character in Air Force 1 is one of the most intense. I remember when my brother got me to watch it mm-hmm. with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. He had told us like He's one of those villains where it's not just talk. Yeah. And we were like, Oh, whatever. (laughs) And then he, he follows through with executing people in this movie, which is something that villains don't always do.
0: That's true. Yeah. But
1: yeah, air force went highly political just because the whole movie is based on Mm -hmm. under circumstances. Would you negotiate or yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's definitely
0: come up a lot in american history Probably, i mean world history i don't know if it's a policy in the rest of the world but it's always been a thing that they try to do or claim to try to do to not obviously negotiate with terrorists right but yeah it's very interesting ethical story um okay is that all of your own yeah words? yeah all you uh so i'll just list ones that we haven't talked about so far one that's only barely political um and I, I mentioned it, I think, as an honorable mention in the comedy episode, too, but you need to see it. I love it. Um, it's called Brewster's Millions. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part about it is the political part where... So the, the basic story is that he inherits a bunch of money, but, and he'll inherit a bunch more money if he can spend all of the, his money. And there's a bunch of rules about what he can spend it on and can't. But he ends up throwing a, a campaign to become mayor of this city, and can spend a bunch of money on that and then he but his whole like tagline or motto is is vote for none of the above <laughs> and so they, they try to get on the ballot that you you if you vote for him you're voting for nobody else basically yeah because he's not going to actually become yeah. the mayor he's just going to bow out and play baseball um and so voting for none of the none of the above is something that feels like something that you would want to do at times <laughs> i would think uh number 12 on that line again Jake. number 12 and <laughs> my other honorable mention is uh when i put the returns it just it gives it numbers um <laughs> Which is one I can't believe I, neither of us brought up as well. We mentioned it a little bit in the past, but if you want a too real satire, especially nowadays, Idiocracy. Oh my God, how did we not talk Idiocracy? Idiocracy from Mike Judge is scary real for 2020's life, <laughs> lifetime. There's just, it's just about how. Everything is so convenient and we're raised by television and America is becoming a bunch of dum-dums.
1: Electrolytes!
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so the world kind of falls apart because nobody knows how anything works anymore. And we elect like a jacked, jacked, (laughs) uh, which is not a bad thing, but we elect this jacked movie star as president. Because we think he's like the best leader out of, no, out I mean, of all he's, of us.
1: Because he played a badass, he is yeah. like a presidential.
0: Yeah. And so it's just a really, really funny movie. um Really silly, stupid, but also really smart. It's the Mike Judge, if you know it, yeah. any of his stuff. He's a, a brilliant guy. It's a little
1: two on the nose. It's, <laughs> a two on the nose time. now,
0: especially Because when I mean, it came out i think it came out in the 90s no it came out in 2000s. early 2000s yeah. okay still it's I feel and even like it's then people only got like, closer to it this
1: feels like it could be real and yeah. here we are in 2020 like too real man
0: everybody too soon be, everybody should be forced to watch the movie so this is my only if i was going to be a communist dictator i would say everybody has to watch idiocracy just so that you get the warning that it is <laughs>
1: so that we can move the fuck off yeah <laughs>
0: And then you can go about your lives as you want. Um, and then I also had Doctor Strange Love, or yeah. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That's a huge kind of political, which satire. I feel was
1: that was on my honorable mentions on the comedy list. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: it was. But yeah, as a as a satire, and it's just really really good. Um, and then my only, I guess, serious serious political drama is a really old movie with Jimmy Stewart called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I was waiting for, yeah. It's probably the most like heartfelt, heartwarming political movie of all time. Um, the speech that he gives at the end, I felt waves of that speech in Kevin Costner's speech in JFK. It's a lot of, kind of the same themes in it, but this was kind of the original of of finding hope and finding truth and not letting go of those things and
1: calling your government out
0: and that you, (laughs) those, these people are elected and they can, they can do good and not do bad if they choose to. And so they, and so he encourages kind of Congress to choose to filibusters to do it. So yeah, really good Jimmy Stewart movie. Um, And then I guess my last one, not isn't so much a political movie is more of a war movie, but the Patriot there's, it has
1: political themes because his character calls yeah. a lot of people out. For That's a lot my of things.
0: favorite part of the whole movie. Is towards the beginning is everybody's getting together and they're like, "Hey, let's let's uh, rebel from the king and form our own country." And it's about the American Revolution, if you don't yeah. know, and it has Mel Gibson in it. And Mel Gibson, who's a farmer, who's like an, a mar, he's like a military hero, but he's dis- he's become a farmer and. And raised a family, and he's kind of calls them out, and he's he has some of the best lines where he's like, "Why would I trade one tyrant three thousand miles away for three thousand tyrants one mile away?" Yeah, and he really just wants to live his life on his farm with his family and not get boiled up in this whole situation. But, but he be- does. But because his family gets like sucked into it, he has to as well, and then ends up going to war so it's mostly a war movie but it's a really cool especially about early American history and why people decided to not be a British colony anymore yeah. some people did some people didn't but there no, were...
1: I, I would agree I think the the beginning like the first act of that movie is very yeah. uh, political and then the rest is mm-hmm. war
0: and it's always been interesting to me that part of history where I think we just assume that everybody was on board with the revolution.
1: <laughs> right. Like, well, that's yeah. what we were told in
0: the yeah. the textbooks. But I think most people weren't. Most people prefer stability. And so they were like, no, the king is fine. We'll just keep this. And it was only a small number of people that tried to convince them, gains public support to be like, yeah, this, no, this would be better. <laughs> Let's try to be a free country.
1: Well, yeah. And I, I think a lot of it was also just getting put in a position of like, well, now we kind of have to, like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot like Mel Gibson's <laughs> character is...
1: Shit's hitting the fan a little bit more than we thought, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes your hand is forced. All right. All right. That was politics. politics! That was fun.
1: Question your government. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if we can leave you with one moral, it's to... Moral of the story, question your government. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. And to... <laughs> and to be able to publish and say things that you want in order to do that. Cause if you can't say it or think it or write it, then you can't, well, you don't have point? it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's never going to happen. Uh, no, We're not, we're not going ranty. We're, we're trying really hard not to get ranty. Enjoy your political week. Yeah. And I hope you <laughs> kind of find some comfort in some fun movies instead of, uh, the chaos
1: it, that,
0: is this week yeah hope it doesn't become the purge oh god (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) i'm I'm smiling but i'm crying inside
1: (laughs) right (laughs) we're weeping we're weeping all right thank you everyone to all the social media stuff yep uh tell us your favorite political movies yep and uh yeah
0: yeah there's a lot of good ones that we missed i'm sure um i'm I'm sure there's i can't believe i missed black sheeps i'm still embarrassed about that i'm so glad (laughs) but yeah if you go to movieboners.com, you can see our lists if you you don't have to rewind the episode and figure out what movie we mentioned you can go to movieboners.com and see all of our numbered lists there so yeah thank you thank you and i'll see you next time
1: yeah